Welcome back to another League of Inches podcast episode. Uh, Super Coach special once again. I should just stop saying special because we're known now for a Super Coach channel, Super Coach page, the things that we do. Um, see a bit of a new setup here, a bit of a new layout for the YouTube watchers, nice and fresh. And see where, where you can find us all the social media pages, the podcast pages, and obviously YouTube as well. Just search League of Inches and you'll find us. Anywhere you basically want now, so good to give us a bit more support. Uh, so a bit of a, a preview for this episode. We are going to be running through our top five per position. Now, we're all supposed to do a top five each, and Jesse asked me to send me through uh, him through my top five, and he basically came back and said I was, I was pretty on the money. So I've either been listening very well to Jesse. I've just taken over and I've become the super coach expert here. So I'm not going into this big headed at all, but to be fair, Jesse will probably pick apart every position, which rightly to do so. Quick preview before I throw to Jesse as well. He's been in Cyclone Nara today. Uh, they've absolutely <laughs> copped it uh, deluxe. So he has had a little bit of internet issues dropping in and out here and there. Um, so if he does drop out at some points, he will be back and I'll just start muffling on while he's not here. But fingers crossed, we have everything crossed yeah. that we can get through. Things are good at the moment. So, yeah, let, let's get through that. Jesse, throw yep. to you. First of all, we are in League of Inches draft week to start with. So I think we're T-minus five days now. I, I can't wait yeah. for it. Butterflies started kicking. I still haven't done any planning. <laughs> that is my plan for the next day or two is to start getting a solid plan into place, but everything's getting so close now. I've had team lists Tuesday for trial number two, seeing a lot more of the, the players we want to see in certain positions and some players nowhere near where we want to be. Yeah. Uh, so, so much is happening in the world of Supercoach as we speak. Yeah, it's um, it's funny looking at team lists now and thinking this is nothing what I expected at the moment. Obviously, you've got – it's trials. You know, half the teams aren't going to look like what they're going to look like. So we can sort of just run with it a little bit. But I suppose you start getting a little bit edgy when it's getting closer to draft day and you're still so uncertain about, you know, who's actually going to get the run and you don't want to be picking up duds. And, yeah, it's it's not far away, man. It's not far at all. I've been, yeah. been playing with a few mock drafts. Definitely get on your mock drafts too if you've got drafts coming up. Jump in a room, um, change your settings, make it to as accurate as you can for your league setup. Pick you the position you're drafting from as well. Highly advised because you can just get thrown into a room. And um, yeah, just run through multiple mock drafts and just see where the players fall. Really good idea. So I've been playing with a lot of that. Um, drafting from third, drafting from 11th, you know, a couple of leagues that I'm in. Two polar opposites and things are looking quite different from the team builds. But um, yeah, we're not far away, man. And it's it's looking, it's looking pretty good at the moment. So nice to get into the... Uh, this top five, I know you mentioned that I'm going to, you know, our teams are quite similar. It, it, they were actually, I had a look and um, obviously when you start picking out the top five per position, you can kind of run from the top down, but it's not really what we've done. Um, yeah. Sort of picked into good value for the same position. Obviously, if you want to just call it, you know, call a spade a spade, run from one down to five and say, these are the best five you'll get. But I don't think that's the case. Um, this year, and I think there's a good bit of value. And the the, the players that you picked out were quite good. Um, there is a couple in Excellent. there that I could probably, you know, inject a few in if we had more than five spots, and you know, potentially shuffle some. But yeah, no, I couldn't fault the list that you put together really, as far as who to keep an eye on. Um, and I think closer to team list, we might see a few of those players come in and out. But um, 
yeah, a week out, this is kind of the kind of what we got to work with. So keen to get into it. Uh, you're, you're exactly right. Um, quickly, a couple of quick shout outs as well for our super coach side of things. Obviously, the super coach rings, as you all know, I sent out a few of the posts now for our overall league in super coach. Make sure you do um, go check out the post, it has the league code there. I completely misplaced where I have the league code, so I can't even see it to quickly give it to you. Um, but quickly, just pop on the Instagram or Facebook account. The post is one of the first posts that pop up, uh, and you will see it there. Supercoach Rings, thank you so much once again for the rings. Go check them out, guys, if you haven't already. The quality is amazing. It's like one of those big Supercoach uh, Super Bowl rings, which is fantastic. So cool. Yeah, I, I, I hope I, I hope I'm the one that's winning it. So yeah. uh, it's just had a little bit more incentive, and I feel like – uh, I think there's already over about 200 or so people, so it's going to be very hotly contested, this competition. It's very, very cool to see. Um, secondly, the Rugby League – oh, sorry, the the Fantasy Pro, uh, Rugby League Fantasy mm-hmm. Pro website. Uh, and once again, you use the promo code 2FEET to get yourself $10 off the first year subscription. You can either go all four of their services. They've got Fantasy, they've got Supercoach, they've got Draft, and I think they've got a betting one that's about to be released as well. So you can do a package for all four, or you can just choose one if you can just focus on Supercoach. Use that $10 code that's, uh, to get yeah, uh, $10 uh, less for that one-year uh, subscription. And honestly, guys, the stats that are in there are ridiculous. We're going to start featuring those stats on our videos from next week. Uh, we've got a bit of a tutorial coming up, me and Jesse, to, just to make sure we know everything that it, that this website can do because there is a lot there and we're keen to get involved and um, get straight into that. Uh, finally, there is a, a super coach comp to quickly speak to you guys about. There is one to uh, raise some awareness uh, to the um, – Sorry, I'm, I'm almost bloody choked there. Uh, to, to raise some awareness, uh, I'm going to put it up on my page once again and continue to share it. You've probably seen it yesterday. Uh, it's a fifty-dollar entry fee, and it's a twenty-five dollar straight towards um, the charities of choice, and then a twenty-five dollars towards the prize pool as well. So there's a bit for both to play with. Going for obviously a great cause as well. Again, I've just had a huge mongus day this afternoon trying to create some posts and videos and stuff. Four team lists. It's obviously been a big, big afternoon for content creators like myself. So I just have totally run out of time, but I'll make sure I share it. Make sure you check out the stories. Um, but let's get straight into it. For the YouTube uh, watchers and subscribers, once again, we do have the slideshow just to see a visual format of the video, just list through the names, etc. Some of them are going a bit weird and dropped down, which I wish didn't happen. But anyway, that is how good is live recordings? Um, so League of Inches, the top five super coach players per position. The first one, we're going to start at the big dogs. We're going to start at fullback and then work our way, obviously, up all the way and finish at a hooker, which we seem to love to do here at League of Inches and play on that all you want. But anyway, we're, we're approaching Vegas. Let's not mention that H word too much. Uh, so number one, I think, is Mr. Obvious, Kalen Ponga. There's not much to say here. Other, what I'll do first, I'll run through the the five I've got, and then I'll throw to Jesse to add his comments for the top five, and we'll have a bit more of a chat about that. So number one, Kalen Ponga. Number two, a lot of people will probably be scratching their heads and go, oh, that's a bit interesting. Tom Trebojevic, I think on his day, the scores he can produce is just ridiculous, and that's, I think, you've got to plan around that when you're obviously playing Supercoach. You're hoping for the best-case scenario every time with your player. So I think Tom Trebojevic is one of those guys that – if you can make work in your team, it's obviously a big, big word at the moment, make work. Um, 
try and get him in. Number three, I think Scott Drinkwater coming off the year that he had last year. Cowboys have a really good draw early on, so it's not like someone I feel like you can get stuck with. You can probably get some points. He can probably, I don't know if he'll make money, but he won't. He definitely won't lose uh, money or lose much, so he'll definitely allow you to play around in that spot as well. Number four, Ryan Pappenhausen. I've seen enough from him on the weekend to say he's getting his confidence back. He's looking really, really fit as well, and that has me really excited because before the trials, he wouldn't have featured in my top five. I was still quite cautious, but that try he scored, that pace he was able to produce, I'm starting to become all, all on the Ryan Papenhausen training, especially at that price. That's the cheapest you'll get him all year, in my opinion. And number five, again, it's sort of based off what I've seen on the weekend, Reese Walsh. The worry for him, and this Jesse's been big on this, there's times where he'll sit there with 10 points after half a game, and then again, like on the weekend, all of a sudden he's on 111, so he's already cracked the 100 mark in his first game, and it was pretty special to watch. I know it was just a trial, and it wasn't against a, a full-strength Cowboys side, but he was still producing some some skillful stuff, and it was when actually Adam Reynolds went off, so it was like he had to step up in a way and become that main guy on the field. And he did that. So I was really impressed with that. So I feel like he's moved up a little, a couple of spots for my rankings and around that number five mark. Jesse, your, yep. your initial opinions. Um, obviously, you know my thoughts on uh, Kalen Ponga. I think the same as everyone's thoughts on Kalen Ponga. The guy's unbelievable when he's on. And I reckon obviously he gets better. We can go on about it every single episode. I think we do almost. We kind of touch on. Um, just how much we expect him to do this year. And I think he's taking that pressure well. I think he's just going to come out. And I'm very keen to see how he comes out with this team list that he's named at fullback. I'm super keen to see how he plays. So, um, yeah, I think he just goes new levels. And I'm, I'm super keen for that. And a valid first pick, I reckon. Um, Tommy Turbo. I was very happy you picked Tommy Turbo second because I did too. Um, I love him. You know, there's no one better than Tommy Turbo on his day. And obviously, you know, you have the arguments about his fitness. He might not play a handful of games or whatever it's going to do. And it's like, okay, you understand the risk. Um, but, yeah, it's just worth it, man. It's just worth it. You don't want to not have him when he's flying. That's the thing. So um, my team at the moment consists of both Ponga and Turbo. And Oof, I don't think I'm going to go against doing that. The, the only person that might tempt me is in your number four spot with Pappy. So, um, yeah, I, I'm super keen on Turbo. And I think I made the point in the last episode too, where if he gets injured, I'll just trade him. I don't care if um, if I lose coin out of it or, you know, if he dies on 10 points and that's the end of his run, then that's the end of his run. But I've had him and I'd rather run the, run the risk and just have him to be sure. So that's kind of the point with him. Um, that's the scary but, thing for mine from a, a yeah. non-turbo owner at the moment. I've gone on the Pappy uh, bandwagon and it saved me a little bit of coin, which has helped me play around elsewhere. But my worry is if I don't start with him and he plays the way I, I know he can play, and as I said, that's what we try and think of when we're, we're picking super coach. I feel like he's going to quickly price himself out of anything. Like I'll have to change yeah. my team way too drastically to get him in, and that's that's the scary thing at the moment. That's the thing I'm trying to juggle. Um, and the hard thing is I've gone pretty hard when it comes to like obviously halfbacks. So I've spent a lot of money there. I sort of had a – I didn't have a double gun 5.8, but I did spend a little bit in 5.8 when it came to even my second player when there is obviously those mid-200 players, but I've, I went up to that 400 mark. Uh, so that was spending a little bit more than I probably wanted mm. to. But 
it is definitely a worry not having Turbo and knowing what he can produce early on. Yeah, it's um, it's a risky play, obviously, having him. I think having him is riskier than not having him, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you... If you afford to take that risk, you know, it can it can really, really shoot you right up, depending on how he plays, man. Like, um, we obviously saw what he did a couple of years ago. Guy's a freak. Um, there's a good chance that if he stays fit, he scores more than Ponga does. That's half my point with him. So if he doesn't, then, you know, that's the end of Turbo. And you just have to do it every single year. You just get rid of him when he's injured. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. It's- Every time I put him in and then I take him out to afford someone else, I just think if Turbo goes hard and he gets those points, then am I going to make that difference in these players that I'm getting outside of him? Obviously, running that risk and spending the extra coin. But at the moment, yeah, I I can justify it. So we'll see what happens. Bold prediction from you. Who do you reckon will finish the year with the most points? So um, Kalen Ponga or Tom Trubojevic? Both have obviously injury history as well. Um, Both have come off years where they haven't played all the games, but they've also had years where they've played tremendous. Uh, I mean, obviously one, Dalliems, et cetera. If you had to predict right now, who do you reckon scores the most super coach points in 2024? I would have to say Ponga. Yeah. Personally, um, I think obviously they're both going to be gone for origin too, providing they're both fit. So they lose the same amount of games. Um, but I just back Ponga's ability to to sort of, be that man where obviously Turbo does all the work, but he's got a bit more around him too. So, and then plus Ponga kicks, you know what I mean? And if they're flying, there's just extra points out of nowhere. So it could be quite even, but I still feel like regardless of Turbo's fitness, you're probably going to sit out a few games for some sort of niggle here or there where Ponga not necessarily has those niggly issues. It was mainly around the concussion stuff, which is big stints at a time where Turbo might sporadically sit out for, you know, bits and pieces but, yeah, I would still say Ponga scores more. Um, but yeah. there's a chance that Turbo might average more in the minutes he does play. Just depends on if he stays fit for the year. That's that's kind of the, the big thing about him. So um, enough on Tommy. Could talk about him all day. Love him. He's got drink water. I like it. Another one of your men. Yeah. Um, I'm big on Scotty Drinkwater. I think he's going to have a great year. Um, the Cowboys runs good. Everything benefits him as far as that goes. Obviously, you just have to see how the Cowboys go because he has the ability to do it um, on his own pretty much. He kind of did that last year. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely have Scott Drinkwater over Reese Walsh personally. Um, you saw what he was on at you know, halftime. It was abysmal. And then he just explodes. So yeah. I don't feel like Scott Drinkwater's got that sort of volatility. I think he'll just consistently pot up and up and up and then everything runs through him at the end of the day for attack anyway between him and even Holmes too. I don't really see him doing as much as Drinkwater does when it comes to sparking actual attack. So really good signs for a fullback anyway. So Scott Drinkwater's a great pick. Um, and I don't hate his price either. It's, it's a it's a lot to spend if you're doing the double Kalen thing. But um, between Turbo and Drinkwater, I'd probably go for the Turbo ceiling. But Drinkwater will obviously play like every game. Probably no questions between them. So um, Ryan Pappenhausen. He really got me intrigued after that trial game, just seeing that speed, just that burst speed too. Um, Because no one doubts his ability, you know what I mean? Like we don't have to sit there in trials and question how good Pappenhausen is. That's pretty clear. He's probably one of the best fullbacks in the game. But just seeing if he was explosive, 
or as explosive as he was prior. And I think he kind of is, to be fair. Um, the way that he chased that ball over the, like through the line to get to that first try, that was quick, man. That was very quick off the mark. So, um, and that was the first trial game. I think it was probably about 20 minutes in. So, or 40 minutes into it, it was kind of the end. So, um, yeah, it was very impressive considering. So I'm pretty keen on Pappy. Um, if I do need to, to go down a couple hundred K off Tom Turbo, I'm not at all opposed, not all opposed to getting Pappenhausen in because he does look good. Um, and yeah, you're probably right about his cheapest price. Maybe the starting run doesn't help to be yeah. fair, as far as keeping his prices where it is. Um, I'm hoping he gets the goal kicking back as well. I yeah, think they're just I, hesitant to give him that at the right now, but yeah. I've seen already in some highlights from the Storms social media team, he has been practicing a lot of goal kicking. So he's obviously confident enough to be doing that. I just feel like mm. in game mode at the moment, they don't need to push him for that. So I'm hoping by round one, he gets the goal kicking duties back. Yeah, I, I think there's probably a good chance for it. They just don't want his leg to come off in the trials. So <laughs> yeah. it's probably a good thing that they're getting, you know, letting him sit that one out for a minute. But because he does kick pretty well. Um, but it opens just a whole new avenue for points on him. And that's that's where you look at his 650 price and you think, this is a joke. This is an absolute bargain. So yeah, yeah I, I am pretty keen on Pappy too. It's just obviously, you know, starting off not too hot with the fixtures, but. I think if you just get him in and you just accept that he might have a quiet game against the Panthers and probably kick off in round two, then you just take it for what it is. Nothing wrong with that, really. And you know what, man? I've been thinking, too, about this Panthers-Storm game. I reckon, I reckon Melbourne win. I reckon yeah, Melbourne I think there's a valid like, argument there. Pretty pretty well, thinking about, you know, they, they don't lose round one. Honestly, I, I think so, because Panthers are going to be coming off that Wigan game. Melbourne don't lose round one. It's Bellamy's last year, most likely. He doesn't want to lose the last year of his unbeaten run of round wonders. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to want to win that game too. So the more I think, and I've been thinking, oh, you know, I might not want to start with... I kind of do want to start with Munster too. That's another thing. But the argument's kind of leaning to me going, you know what? There's a good chance that they do something in round one here. They've got every possibility to do it. So... I, I don't even think it's bad for round one. So it just depends, yeah, obviously. I don't but yeah. Um, and then Reese Walsh. Mr. Mr. Hot and Cold, but just hot for five minutes. It's all it takes with him. Um, number five. Yeah. Look, I can't doubt the guy's ability. Like he obviously averaged what basically 80 points last year. I just, I just still can't, I still can't do it. Personally, like he's definitely, I reckon he probably for the, the list that you've got, number five, you know, can't knock it. And after that trial, you know, you see what he can do. But without that little run at the end there as well, you also saw what he could do. It doesn't look like a lot. So he loves an error. Um, considering, you know, some honorable mentions that have missed out on this, Latrell, that's a big one. Like I, I would personally put in Latrell over Walsh just because I do like Latrell more. He does kick. Um, he will probably average more than he has last year, but I still reckon he probably pushes Walsh out as well as far as that average goes. Yeah. So it's um that's that's probably the only take that I would think for a fifth spot. It's a pretty big exclusion um for Walsh there, but yeah. I'm a little the bit worried about Latrell. You're worried for his points or uh, you're worried that he's gonna do good. Yeah. 
Uh, no, I'm worried about his super coach points. I'm worried about, especially early on with these injuries at the moment, I think it puts a whole lot of pressure on him and Cody Walker. And we've seen in the past, they probably don't play their best footy when they're on, when they have pressure and, and they're expected to do literally everything for, for the footy side. No disrespect. They both like to sort of float in and out of games and pick their times. And I think now with the injuries to South Sydney, it forces them to be much more on the ball, which in theory for a super coach point of view, you're probably thinking that should add up to points. But then I'm thinking about it. And I know that in the past, Latrell's not the fittest fullback. He'll admit that himself. And I don't know if him being so much on the ball is actually a good thing because it could mm. tend to some lazy errors, some fatigued errors. Um, I'm all for Latrell. Trust me, I am a huge Latrell Mitchell fan. I love watching him play. I think he, on his day, he's arguably in the top three players in the game on his day. I'm just worried with the, the especially the key personnel that now South will be missing, especially for the first fair period of time, especially now. Just got me slightly concerned. That's why I didn't have him in number five. But again, I can't knock people who do go for him because, as you said, there is goal kicking. South will score enough tries to make goal kicking um, a worthy relative. Um, we have spoken off air about some other players that we will speak about tonight. People are talking about goal kicking. And I'm just sitting there going, "Why are you worried about that that much? Because the teams won't score that many tries to to make it really count towards anything." But I think South Sydney are a team, even though they've got some backline out. We've seen them before; they they're still able to score some tries and stuff. So, valid, valid argument. I, I can understand if people have him there, and in like a draft point of view, if they're picking him as their the fifth choice fullback, if that's who they're stuck with, they got him or Reese Walsh. Can totally understand going for Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, from a draft perspective, I suppose you look at the rankings pretty different. Um, yeah. Draft perspective, there's a good chance you could probably get Papenhausen a little bit later, where I still expect Walsh yeah. to probably go in the top six, realistically, um, seven picks or so. And there's a there's a good chance that he's drafted before Latrell is as well, um, mainly out of draft position and average from last season. I think you know that's obviously going to sway a lot of drafters, but um, it's a lot of preference too at the end of the day. Um, you know, you can put... For last season, you could put Gutho in that list as well for most consistent out of all of them. And he, he killed it more than some of the others did in general. So, um, yeah, I think it's just one of those preferential kind of things. But uh, I, I've had Walsh last year. I, I got him in for just a cash rise, to be honest. I didn't. Ha- I had no intention of holding on to him for any substantial amount of time, even when he was playing good, because I knew um, he's going to have that game that's going to be shit, absolutely shit. And it's going to put a halt to his price rise. Um, so I basically just ran off that until I thought I'd capitalise from him and got a better full fullback straight away. So um, I think Reese Walsh is one of those big guys yeah. this year where a, you really look at the the run and you time it. You have to time it perfectly when you when you're playing him. Like not to say he's a flat track bull at all, but he definitely scores very 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 well against some of those lesser. Um, lesser teams than he does against. Like he still can can produce against the quality teams. He's one of the, the best players in the game. So he definitely can, but I definitely keep an eye on on the draw and just see when he has some good games backed up or paired up together yeah. and go from that for him. Yeah. You're just paying up too premium, I think, at the moment. Yeah. For for, you know, hot. Especially two, a hard draw to start with. So yeah, it's it's not the nicest and 
you know, quality will kind of outshine that and you can justify the price tag on a few of the others. But I, I just personally, I just can't justify it for Walsh in general. Um, but yeah, man, pretty solid top five for fullbacks. Yeah. We've got some talent to work like with. A couple of, um, you already mentioned one honourable mention. I'll just mention two others quickly. Clint Gustin, you've already sort of mentioned, had a really consistent year last year, surprisingly consistent supercoach year. Uh, he's up there as the fifth ranked at the moment. So couldn't knock anyone if they had an argument there to have him around that fifth mark as well, just from how consistent he was. The only question mark is Dill Brown is back and looks to be having a, a career best year if, if everything is to go by. So that would probably play into um, Clint Gustin's points a little bit. So just be, be wary of that one. A final one I want to quickly talk about uh, is James Tedesco, who at different times for, for the off-season Supercoach world, we have been pretty high on. Um, he did work before Pappenhausen has sort of proven himself. So I feel like because that saves me a little bit more coin, Pappenhausen just straight away leaps him. But I'll say this about Tedesco. He's copped a bit of criticism from the weekend's performance. He did make a few errors. But the one thing about James Tedesco is he's a he's a quality, quality player. I don't care how what, what his age is. I don't care what his year was like last year. He's quality. And the thing with these quality players that will go down once he retires, whether it's next year, whether it's three years away, whenever it is, we'll remember him as one of the best fullbacks to play the game, in my, my honest opinion. But yep. um, don't knock a champion. He will bounce back from that. The thing is, on the weekend, it was a trial game. It was very hot. It was hor- not, not horrible conditions, brain-wise, running, but it was just horrible. It was like sweaty. The ball was slippery. And it was areas that he'll he'll fix up. He'll go back to training and he'll work on that. It wasn't like he was not getting involved. He was very involved. And that in a trial from that mm. quality of player, that actually entices me a bit more to keep continue to look at James Tedesco. I've already had him in my team once, traded him out, but that's not to say I won't go back there. I'll be keeping a close eye on Tedesco to start the year. And if the time's ever right, the price is right, etc. I'm not saying no to Tedesco. I'm not ruling him out. Yeah, I, I think there's a pretty good shout that at some point I have Tedesco in my team. Yeah. Um, it'll just be off the back of a, a probably a big game that I don't have him for um, with a pretty enticing fixed run after that. And you can kind of, you might get the feeling that the Roosters could be on as well. Like they might start to get a bit of momentum. Um, you know, the wheels might be turning and you're thinking, okay, there's there's a good, good shout that for the next stretch of, God knows how many games that they could all just be start, you know, they could be on firing. So um, I don't know who I'll have potentially. Obviously, I can't see into the future. I would have won if I could. Damn so um, <laughs> yeah, I know if only, uh, Jesus, it can't be that hard. But yeah, I don't know who I'll have at the time. And I don't know who I'll be willing to trade out at the time if it's, you know, that good of an option for me. But um, yeah, he's one of those players that you just tend to at some point have for whatever reason. So usually trying to make a make a run out of him but yeah and he, i suppose at the same time you could also mention dylan edwards he started off so hot last year but just plateaus at 70 so you know you want the ceiling but yeah the, the picks that you've chosen are probably the most high potential i would say i'll give myself a massive tick for that position let's move on to the center wings um another very contentious uh position when because the thing with center wings, there's obviously your top high ceiling players that are in your top five, six, seven in the super coach rankings at the moment, and and rightly so. But I feel like it with center wings, we've spoken about it plenty of times. Jesse's a huge believer in this. You also have to look at the value range as well. 
And that's what I've sort of tried to think about here when it comes to the rankings and straight away there's probably players there that are ranked like number three that people are going, what the fuck are you going on about? But I will explain <laughs> why and you will hopefully understand the reasons why as well. Just remember, you cannot have every single top one, two or three player in your team. You go over the salary cap. It is literally impossible. So to, we're trying to make this a bit more relatable uh, to what actually and realistic to what actually can happen in the super coach world and players you can start with in round one and make work for your team. So center wings, number one, Val Holmes. I feel like he's the number one pick in the center wing position when you add the goal kicking you had the fact that the Cowboys have a really, really tidy run. Um, it's for quite an extended period of time as well. They've got a, a quite a nice start to the year. I know that didn't help them last year, but uh, surely they get better this year for what happened last year. But even last year, Val Holmes was pretty consistent, even in a struggling Cowboys team. Uh, number two, Greg Marju. Uh, so he is one in the Supercoach app at the moment. I've got him just under Val Holmes. We know what he's going to get. I think Caelan Ponga targets him a lot more this year with no Dom Young. That can only mean good things for Greg Maggio. And we know for a fact, even if he's not getting the tries, he will get through his work. Number three, uh, I mentioned him just before, Taylor May from the Penrith Panthers. I'm anticip anticipating a huge year for Taylor May. Named at center position, I'm anticipating. It hasn't obviously been confirmed. We haven't seen Penrith in any trials because they're over in England. Um his price, I think it's like 450k or something. He will smash that uh, and get you some cash. That is the big reason I have him as number three. He's cheaper. He works in your team, and I anticipate that to skyrocket. Number four, I might get picked up par four, but it's been my guy from the start this year of Supercoach. And you know what? I'm going to call everyone out now. I feel like everyone's starting to jump on his bandwagon, and you know what? You're all a bunch of sheep because I was on him first. I was getting laughed at at the start by a lot of people going, Hammer, no way. People are starting to see what I'm seeing. I'm telling you what, 2024, I'm the super coach whiz. So um, just just follow me, guys. Number five, Jermaine Asako. So a little bit of a slip. Um, a lot of people out there talking about Herbie may impact his scores. From what I've seen on the weekend, the Dolphins weren't great, but I really, really like that side. And actually seeing... Uh, Herbie passing to him quite a bit and setting him up with a couple of flick passes, etc. So not as worried as some other people are with the Herbie factor. I still think Asaka can score quite well. I do think he will drop in points, but not as many points as a lot of people are anticipating. I still think he'll score relatively high and average quite high. Jesse, that, that five there, what, what do you got? Um. It is a contentious one, really. Center wing is one of those positions you have so many to work with. So, like, pick five. You know, what I mean, pick your best five. And I, I would never. I don't think I'd even run off the top five in the app as the best five in the um in the selections you could do. And I, I have a. Oh, it's tricky. I, I feel like you could probably, my opinion, probably swap Holmes and Marju. I think um even without goal kicking, Marju's base is unbelievable. Um, he doesn't necessarily need it. He can kind of get there without it just by being just a unit because um, he's a muscle man, really, and no one can hold him down. Look at so the size just, of him. <laughs> yeah, he's just a monster, dude. He's a unit. So, um, you know, equal first, potentially. My, um, Holmes obviously has the kicking, and you would expect a bit of that to come through with the fixtures they've got. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I'm so tempted for Marju. Yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard to fit them all. You can't. It's impossible to. you got to sacrifice somebody, but yeah, out of the two, man, it's just, I don't think you could have a bad one. Um, 
I have a feeling that you're probably going to get more upset about Holmes potentially because you just have this idea that Holmes should be making more points. And then Mazu will just, you know, he could score a 50 or a 60 and I kind of be like, eh, it's okay. You're allowed a quiet one. And that's a quiet <laughs> one for him. So, yeah, it's, um, but the, you know, you're paying big bickies for these two. More so for Marju anyway. What are you paying? Seven, basically 790. 790. Yeah, 789. Yeah. That's that's premium coin, man. For for two guys as well, like, you know, you've got a Zarko at fifth. Those two were nowhere near the top of the ladders last year for even just price. They were they were very cheap considering where they ended. So um, that's why you can kind of look at this position and think there's a good chance that there's someone that's going to get pretty close to the top of the center wing ladder that we have not even spoken about yet. Um, and who's to know, you know, we'll be hindsight merchants talking about it at the end of next year going, fuck, how do we not, how do we not see that in trials? You know, how do we not expect Philip Sammy to just have a career year and score 80 points every game? So, yeah. There's one for you. Terrell Sloan on the wing. Oh, shit. Yeah. Don't start so, me. Yeah, I think you can interchange first or second. I feel like probably going to find more people are going to run with Holmes um, for the fixtures and the price and obviously kicking upside and that kind of thing. And then maybe just thinking, can Marzu even back it up? Can he do it again for that team? And I reckon, yes, God, yes, he could, man. That was all base that he was doing. That's not going to go away. Um, if anything, it goes his side more now because you kind of just converted everything from a nice even spread left to right. Um See what happens on the right wing, whether that's Tuala's or Jenkins' spot, because, you know, Jenkins isn't named. So, um, you know, they've had Tuala in there before, so I feel like they just go left. And even Frizzell going to the left, it's going to be very much like the Rabbits, I think, um, where they're very favoured on one side. And realistically, like, if someone's going to try and stop him, you know, they're going to half expect Marzu to, to get that ball. Good luck stopping him. There's points for him automatically. So, um, you know, he might get more targeted, than the other side, but I feel like he makes more of it. So that's kind of tempting me a bit more to go in Marju's direction. So yeah, worthy one and two, I reckon. Um Talon May. Talon May, sorry. Yeah, he's he's a he's a high pick, number three. Incredible value though. Like 450 odd. Yeah. It's so cheap. But yeah, you're getting into that Panthers line. We know what he did when he played on the wing. Whether he can kind of replicate on the in the centers, I think it's probably a good shout for him. Um I still consider, you know, Brian Toto, probably one of the best wingers in the comp. You know, you could probably put him up there in number three instead if you had an extra 300K in the bank. But not everyone does. And I, I don't think um, Taylor May is going to do much of a worse job than having Brian Toto in the team for a pretty significant discount. So, yeah, pretty good. That's I the thing. I sort of thought price has up. to come into play a little bit, as I said. Yeah. So I could easily put like Gagai, Garrick, Toto in this as well and just say that's your top five, but I don't think it's realistic. No. And as I said, I still think Taylor May is going to score really, really well. Yeah. And the bonus end for our super coach owners is we're going to make money and easily be able to change up to say a Toto when the time's right. And it's going to maybe make his money that change at some point. You never know. Like, um, as you said, sort of Penrith's, um, Opening isn't easy, and off the back of their travel, etc., we're not sure how they'll come back from um, being overseas. It's all up in the air. Like that's that could even come against Taylor May. But the thing is, when I'm only spending 450k, I'm happy to take that that gamble a bit more than spending 700 and 
what is it, 720 on toe and think, holy shit, I know he does get through his work, but if they yeah. really don't come out of the gates well for some reason, which I do not predict at all, I think they're, they're the Panthers, they're the standouts for a reason. But if there's an odd chance, you never know. Um, no one's gone over to England for a number of years to do the, the World Club Challenge, so we haven't seen a team come back for a while from that. Definitely something you have to take into account. Yeah, I definitely think so, man. Um, and if they do start off quite low or quiet or, you know, for their own standards too, I still think they win majority of the games they play. Yeah. Um, depending on how it goes, man, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel that wallet burn a little bit with Toto not performing if that's the case. And you can kind of get away with it with Tail and May. So um, just a quick one. What's his ownership percentage? Uh, for Toe or May? 30, 33 for May. I still feel like that's so low. For May, yeah. yeah. Obviously, we haven't seen him yet. And I don't think there's any case for him not obviously getting that spot. It seems like it's his anyway. So I, I would have just thought 33 would be a lot higher by now, yeah. considering. People but, are sleeping no. on him still. Come on. Well, he's still one of the highest percentage owned, you know, especially when you're paying a little bit more than well, you're paying over 400 for him. So I've seen plenty of teams that are running him as their like their main guy to go on real cheap in the centers. And, you know, I'll probably go against that, but I feel like you got to at least have him, at least have him to start, whether he's the highest or just a plotter. Like he's not going to plot, man. He's going to, he's going to do good things. But your boy, the hammer, number four. I had a bit of a chuckle when I saw the hammer at four. I didn't even want to say anything about it. Um, he's been quite impressive, actually. Really? Yeah. 600k, dual position. Had a couple of good games. Can't knock him. Um, but again, that's it's because you're hot on him, isn't it? You've got him number four. Oh, You've got him higher than Azarko, out of preference. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And in theory, that makes no sense at all. But it's just... <laughs> Yeah. Supercoach is very much a gut game, and my gut is telling me the Hemma is in for a huge one. I'd, I'm talking Dally M points in that as well. I think he'll be right up there in the Dally M voting. I just, for some reason, just have this feeling about the Hemma. Like, even on the weekend, it was obviously the, the Indigenous game. Um, he's just had some classy moments as well in that, just to mm. show me that. Last year was his first year, people forget this, playing fullback. He was hasn't played fullback basically before. He played it last year, killed it, made an origin debut in the centres, so he played different positions throughout the year and has killed it. And if anything, the Dolphins' backline's gotten stronger this year, which generally helps out fullbacks, and they score higher with better uh Backline players around him. We've seen the likes of Tuboyevich when he had that red hot year, Garrick and Saab, and that were there and scoring red hot as well. And they all helped each other. I'm sort of seeing that from the Dolphins' point of view. I think like Asako's there. You've got maybe Avril. I don't know what the hell's happening with him at the moment. He can't make it, make the side, which is a bit eye opening for some super coach owners that have gone in on him. I've, I've seen these percentages. I think it was up, up around maybe the high teens or something at one stage. I don't know what it is like now, but. Um, and then Herbie and stuff as well. So I just, yeah, I just, I feel like he's just, he's my man. I've got to keep he's going with him. Yeah, no, that's fair, man. I can well, see you know, why he's, valid he's reasons. Yeah. I, I can definitely, man. And after seeing how he played too, I was kind of been like, because I haven't been off him, off him, but I haven't really dived in at all. Like I haven't really humored the idea. And I, I had him last year. I started with him and I had him for quite a while and I was almost considering him just being almost half a keeper. 
because I thought, why, why trade him for someone else doing the same thing? I was going to run with him for a fair while. And then eventually, you know, it, it got, you know, pretty apparent that he was starting to dip. Um, but no, man, you, you make pretty good points about him. The fullback side of things, getting that run. Um, I've been seeing potentially like Herbie looks like he might swap for a little bit of a stint during the game with him to fullback and he might go into the centers. Don't know how that'll I'm run. Not. We'll have to see what happens there. So, um, you know, if he gets a bit more of a run in the centers, that might hurt a smidge, but he might get a bit more base out of it too, and give him more of a chance to get on the ball. So, um, yeah, it just depends, man, but definitely not bad. Um, again, number four, again, that's preference. If it was my number four, I could put Jacob Karaz in there, but obviously they're very, very similar price. And I just reckon. Not, a, not know, inside two, once again this year, uh, this, this hey? week. No, he doesn't need Karaz to. Karaz isn't in the Bulldogs side. No, that's all right. He's just over in Bankstown having some El Jana. He doesn't need to <laughs> have a trial game. He's fine. Nah. Well, you never know, man. Blake Wilson looks pretty good for it, but I just I don't see a world where he doesn't start in that team. I think they're just letting him have a week off. You know what I mean? Why not give it to him? So um, there is a couple that you could probably say. Um, obviously, Campbell Graham, definite top five contender when he's on. Unfortunately, he won't be. That kind of sucks. Uh, Ruben Garrick. Big exclusion. If he's playing in the centers, I don't see it as much this year. Um, he might tank a bit. He'll probably still kick, which is probably going to be what keeps him, you know, afloat when it comes to his points average. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the manly line there because it seems like they've just got too many to pick. You know, you got to put it, you put your best players where they prefer to play too. I don't know if he prefers yeah. the center or not. Um, I'm you know concerned what? with him at centre. I'm, um, for a super coach point of view anyway, I just feel like it restricts him a lot. And mm. the scary thing is we've seen a lot of centres in the game quickly remove themselves from the actual game where if they're on the wing, they've got to kind of always be involved in the game because yeah. their kick returns and the like that they're finishing backline movements where we've seen some centers in the past and straight away Staggs comes to mind. He's notorious for this where he'll just stay in his pocket and you just, you forget he's even on the field at times because they're told to stay there. That's what they do. They're not uh, roving positions. And if they're not targeting that, because he's not a notorious center yet, like we don't know what he's going to produce. So we don't think, we don't know if he's going to become one of those go-to guys, because if I'm being honest, Cooler had an exceptional end to last year. And if I'm yeah. looking at the attack at the moment, having Turbo linking up with Cooler from an opposition point of view, if I'm trying to defend Manly, I'm shit scared of that combination more than I am of Turbo linking up with Garrick on the other side. Mm. So you reckon potentially, you know, speaking of hypotheticals, if Turbo goes down, do you reckon Cooler or Garrick go to fullback? If it's early on, I reckon it's Garrick. If it's later in the year, I think it's Cooler. Cooler at fullback. If it's anything like last it's year, huge. That's huge. Yeah, that'll be a big one, especially in the center spot. Either way, they're both great options when they're playing. You know, playing fullback, but definitely one to keep you an know eye what? on. Controversial. Pretty high chance it might very, happen this season. So. Very controversial, but I'd stick stick with what I put out in a post a few months ago. Starting the year, I'd actually have Cooler fullback and Turbo in the centre just to work him into first grade once again, NRL level, work his body into it for a five, six-week period. If he's doing well, I'd start to slowly migrate him back to fullback. 
we know how good he is, but personally, just with what cool is there, I think they would miss they'd obviously miss look, Turbo's a freak, don't get me wrong, but I just liked what I seen from Cooler and I don't think from attacking a point of view and how quick Cooler is, there's about a bit of X factor while Turbo just gets his confidence back in real time game mode and but I can understand why he's gonna be full back, so I can't say too much. Yeah, it's a pretty hot take. Yeah. Turbo's one of the best in the game. I mean, Garrick's been a very, very capable. I make him. Feeling. Yeah, we'll make you too. <laughs> um, considering Cooler had, what, a handful of games at fullback at the very, very end of the season. So, yeah. It, it looked good in the, in the games that he did play there, but I feel like, yeah, it'd be a hell of a ballsy play to take Turbo out of that position and not give it to Garrick, but then give it to Cooler. So, yeah. That's Maybe the opinions I don't get paid to make. So that's right, man. Thanks, free. That's it. <laughs> um, get myself out there, get roasted. That's it. You know, publicity. Everything's good. Um, Jermaine Azarco, number five. Uh, I saw enough from him in that Dolphins game to think there's a he's a, he isn't going to dip too hard. You know, he was still everywhere. He was still so involved, and for a winger to be as involved as he is, it's unbelievable, really, isn't it? He basically runs the show from that wing. It's nuts. And then now, I, I, you know, you see a lot about it too. Herbie's got glue hands. He's not going to pass him the ball. Man, they looked like a good little pair up there. They were playing with each other. You know, Herbie was definitely passing it off to him. He tipped it off, you know, pretty easily. So uh, I think we could see some good things happen on that side. It, it looks quite lethal at the moment. So um, for that, you know, you can chuck Herbie in there too. And then you just got three Dolphins players. It's just the oh. center wings. Just fill it, fill it with the fins, mate. And Bostock as well. Why not? He's looking good. Yeah, well, Bostock also looked all right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, man. Dolph, good one. Top eight. We just both dropped for a second. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no I was going to say, I think we, we actually lost you for once there, but now you're back. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah, it's just been doing that. Sorry about this too. My net's just been a bit funny today. Um, yeah, man. All right, you always you get can, away with it. Don't through. worry. We spoke about it in the draft. Yeah. You just get away with everything. Thanks. You could have that body Thanks, in everyone. the background. You get away with it. Yeah, you can't see him. He's still hanging there. <laughs> uh, too many honourable mentions to miss, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, gonna probably hurt some people's feelings. The center wings. There's a thousand of them. Look at the top twenty and just take your pick. But. Um, yeah, there's one I want to talk valid. about, mm. and he's your man once again. I want to talk about him because he's a cheapie, all about that uh, this year and getting that value for money. Drew Hutchinson in that uh, halfback slash center wing role, crazy to have that as your jewel. But there, this is the world we live in with Drew Hutchinson. Yep. Looks to have nailed down that halfback spot now. His sexton's still on the bench for the Bulldogs for this trial. You picked it, and mm-hmm. I'm on it. I'm on it now as well. You, you've sold it to me, uh, and I think plenty more super coaches within the next week will be on it as well. Well done, kudos to you because it was a ballsy play, but it's come through those big balls. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's um pretty hot take for a for a team reveal putting Drew Hosho in there, and it was like, why? I even got messages too, being just like, that made no sense, but you kind of made it sound pretty appealing if that's how it goes down. And I was like, look, man, if it happens, it, it looks like it's going to. From from all the talk of the town, there's a good chance. And, yeah, the fact that he's in this second trial game, um, yeah, he's a lock-in, man. 
he's an absolute lock-in. So he's incredible happy base with... for a halfback. Yeah, and even just to put a halfback in your centres, just too much potential. <laughs> um, but even still, man, Bronson Cherry, I reckon Bronson Cherry's got a very good shout to start round one. So where do you put everyone if Bronson Cherry is in there? Because you're going to have to have a fullback, which I don't think you probably should. I think that's just a waste, really. Cherry, Crichton, Karaz Adokar on the wings. Is that how it looks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would say so. You know, just going well, Blake up, Wilson pops in there, but he's, he's been yeah. playing well. So Skelton also played him. good, man. So, like, you can't knock it. I was going to say, Skelton really did well. Pretty man. good depth all of a sudden, which they is obviously do, what they're so. signed for. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's that many of them that have. So, no, it's um, it's all it's all Drew Hutcho, mate. It's it's Hutchinson season. So I'm in. For As it. you said, there's way too many honourable mentions here that we could say, it's, but we'd be either all night uh, another midnight episode, or we yeah. would disrespect a couple by not mentioning when we when we should have. So probably easy. We don't even mention many at all. I just wanted to quickly put a make your head a bit bigger by saying well done on the Drew Hutchinson shout. So five eight now. Um, Two great-looking blokes there, Dylan Brown and, and Jaden Kim, we'll both talk about. But number one, I have Dylan Brown as my must-have. He's one of my must-have top fives you see in the post. So I'm so big on Dylan Brown this year. I think he's in for a career best year. He owes the club. He owes himself. If he doesn't do it this year, he should seriously think about what his career looks like moving forward. Um, number two, Cam Munster. I've still got him there as number two. I'm with Jesse originally where he says I'm a bit cautious early on with him to go, um, but you also don't want to go too late on him because then Origin comes into play and the like, so you'd be trading someone in where you're going to cop a few punches and, and hits for for a few weeks there. So I am big on Cam Munster, but I can also see valid reasons why plenty of people just not going there and won't go there. Um, it's a the more I think about Cam Munster, he's actually becoming a bit more of a headache and a pain in the ass than than anything because I don't want to go very early on him. But as yeah. I said, there's state of origin, there's everything else to play. So, but he's also a player where even though it's a hard draw, he can come out and brain it. He can come out and kill it because he's that quality player that we've spoken about in the past. Those certain players that just step up when it is those higher opposition, and he could come out and brain it and get an 80, 90 or something. That's the sort of player he is. So. Yeah, do what with what Cam Munster, whatever you will. I know you'll have something to say on Cam Munster. Three, Tom Dearden. Again, a lot more because of the early um, season run for the Cowboys. He's a lot cheaper than the first two I've spoken about. That's his real appeal. Number four, uh, everyone who's been watching the page knows now him and Jesse do not exchange Christmas cards, um, but I've still got him there as a, a contender. I did say about with... Uh, Latrell, the worry is if they've got a bit more pressure on them that they don't generally perform at the best. But the other thing is I'm, I know Cody Walker doesn't have long to go. Um, there's still arguably a, a premiership window open for South Sydney. If there's every year that they sh- can try and do something, it's this year. I can see him only getting weaker over the next maybe couple of years with some forwards leaving, etc. So. Cody Walker needs to have a big year, and that would be great for, for super coaches if he's to do that. And number five, again, because of that natural, I think you need to have some good cash options as well. Um, Jaden Campbell, 
uh, from the Gold Coast Titans. Unfortunately, he's out for maybe the first five weeks. It's so weird because I've actually heard stuff that he could be back as soon as round one now, but I've also heard stuff that he could be out for about round five or round six. There is so much going on at the moment. I think that's a bit of Des playing his games that he loves to play. We don't know what the hell is going on, so just watch Teamless. But even that, he could name him at fullback and then pull him out the, the, the day of. So I don't know. Personally, just with what's going on, I'll avoid him to start with. But Tyne's another team that has a juicy run for a while, and he's attacking upsides too good for mine. I think as soon as he gets on the field and can play a few games, he'll start stringing some cash together. And that's something that I want to be part of when it does happen. Jesse, that, that top five. Yep. Dylan Brown, number one. You know, you can't knock it. Depending on how he goes this year, yeah, it should be his best season ever, realistically, thinking about what he has to do. Um, they start off so good. It goes for a long time. They don't have a buy for a while. So you can lock him in. Um, you can lock him in through Origin, which you don't have the luxury with Monster. Uh, there is so much upside for Dylan Brown. Um, he's obviously pretty penny, though, and um, kind of makes it hard. And see, 5 eight's kind of that position at the moment where I'm thinking, like, if I want to have the two gun halves and two gun fullbacks, I don't really like, – I don't have the money for a gun 5-8 or two. You can't have two of them, but there isn't really two to have, realistically. Um, but, yeah, man, if you've got him, that's that's about as good as it can really get for that position incredible base uh incredible upside as well and he's only going to get better realistically you hope so um yeah good first pick uh cam munster yeah at the moment he's kind of sitting in my team you know just depending on one or two other players that i'm moving around um he's the guy that will show up to a big game and shit himself against the tigers because he doesn't need to do a great deal you know what i mean so yeah, your time is run, but you time it around the hard games. So a little bit different to, to how you kind of see it. But yeah, that, that Panthers game, it's probably going to be his trickiest game for the whole opening fixture. And I'm kind of glad it's round one um, because you, you're getting the best opportunity to beat the Panthers, especially in that first week. And obviously the Storms have a great first round record. So I think if that Panthers game was going to come in any later, it might be worse for him. But I don't mind it to start the season off. Um, and then, yeah, the, the early buy kind of hurts too. You know, you can't forget about that. It's, it's in round four. So there's a couple things there that can deter you a bit. But, man, I'm, I'm still seeing that kind of value out of him, you know, because he does have those games. He just sort of puts it on. Um, very much like those other fullbacks that I kind of went against. They, like, you know, same thing. They have those shitty games where they don't do a lot. He does the same thing in 5-8, but, you know, he's one of those never-in-doubt kind of guys. He always seems to do something pretty good at the end. Um, and he's a bit of a discount as well to, to Dylan Brown. And realistically, I would say Munster's the better player than Dylan Brown too. Um, traditionally always average more than him, except for this last season. So, um, yeah, man, either of the two. I'm personally leaning more towards Munster, mainly for the price. It's not a massive price drop, but... It's, um yeah, when you stretch that thin, it's a bit hard to reach. So, yeah, but I can definitely see how Brown is the smarter play for the beginning run. Um, but either way, I like both of them more than Cody Walker. So, uh, Tom did at number three. I was a bit funny about that one because you have him above Cody Walker considering they have a 10 points different average. Um, 
But yeah, man, uh, like you just hope that he can get there. I, I don't know if he has the kind of upside that Walker does have, realistically, uh, unless he makes that team his own in that way. And he kind of really does put it into a new gear. Uh, but yeah, you're probably right about how the Rabbits will start off and if he can really keep it up. Um, I don't. I have never really considered the Rabbitohs a premiership threat as far as they go. Um, whether or not that's a bit of Roosters bias coming through or the fact they kind of capitulate at some point in the year and they'll have just shockers and then they'll kind of turn on each other. So um, I feel like you can't really get that out of a good premiership winning team. But yeah, he's just, just too... I'm not... He's not coming to my birthday party. I'll, I'll tell you that much right now. Um, it's just not happening for me and Cody. So, uh, but yeah, man, Tom did. And he's good, good price too. Like he's obviously the cheapest out of that top four that you've got in there. Um, whether or not you put him in as that sort of cheaper option just because of his price, I still feel like the other three will average probably 10 points more than him on a normal standard season. But at the very least, you know what I mean? Um, Brown and Munster, good chance they're pushing 80, 70 plus. Cody probably just under him. Um, it's a pretty predictable position, that 5'8", little trio of guns they have. Um, but, yeah, it'd be nice to see someone else break into that mould a bit. And I reckon out of the lot of them, Deedon's probably got a good chance to do it. Um, and then Jaden Campbell, yeah, man, he's – like obviously that dual position, 5'8", definitely helps. Um, the being injured to around 5 doesn't help at all. But have you have you been saying that he might be back for round one? I haven't seen that at all. Yeah, I've seen it. I think it was today on actually the NRL app. Like in the comments, it says Hasler's got Fafita and Campbell on ice in the hope that they can be right for round one. But I think that was just wishful thinking. There's been a lot of times yeah. I've read the, the NRL team list and some of the comments they say, I sort of think to myself, are these guys actually watching the game or they're just typing stuff as, as they go? So, um, yeah. I've, obviously, the stronger male is that they're out for a little bit longer than that. But again, like it just reminds me of what Des Hasler is like as a coach, and straight away the, the games he can play, it's um, abs- I remember like he is renowned for super coaches to be an absolute punish and an absolute headache when it comes to planning things. Used to be the same for Manly all the time when it came to forwards and backs and stuff, and all of a sudden that gun that you're relying on to get that sixty points the last minute was pulled out of the team or something, or there was a quick. Um, rotation of the, the the forwards, and you're like, fuck's sake, Des, what are you doing to me? Yeah, he, he's good like that, especially with the forwards. They're like Fafita and Tina, we can talk about them a bit later on, but they're also got some question marks just because of how he rotates his forwards and stuff. And the Titans have a really good forward pack this year, but let's not get into that at the moment. But yeah, Des is the, the mad professor, as they, they like to call him, and he can do some crazy stuff. So, would not surprise me if Jane Campbell's here around one. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, well, he obviously doesn't play super coach, or he does, no, and he just wants to put that edge over everyone else by not telling him yeah. his team list. So, um, yeah, if he's out till round five, um, you can kind of make a bit of a play if you want to. You could probably get in Braden Trindle as a swap for him because he's a bit cheaper. You can definitely afford Trindle if you can afford Campbell. And if you're running with Campbell as your main 5'8", which at the beginning when I was building teams and I he was obviously named, I was expecting him to be my main 5'8". Um, and then, you know, at some point plan on trading him up. Um, but Trindle could be your fill-in until they have their buy in round five, providing Campbell's back round five. You just straight swap them. Um, 
yeah. it could be something worth a shout. But, you know, you can't predict what fire you'll have to put out in round five and you don't want to get caught out with a non-playing 5-8 anyway. So um, it just depends. It just depends on where he comes through. But if, yeah, he's definitely, you know, if he's coming in at 458K or whatever he is at and from round five, he looks pretty good for it. Um, I still feel like that's good value, man. Definitely mm-hmm. considering the position in general. Um, you might be able to get him at that point in time. If you've got a bit extra coin, you might be able to put him on the bench and still have a good 5-8 at the time too. Or trade down. I probably wouldn't trade down in the, you know, especially round five, kind of unproven as well. You could probably still give him a couple of weeks. So you might actually have a pretty solid structure of a team set up. You won't have to worry about his price changing still for a fair few weeks after that. Um, so you can get a bit of a gauge on how they're going because he's going to come into a Titans team that's already rolling. So, um, yeah, just have to keep an eye out on what Jaden Campbell does because he's um, definitely an exciting prospect. And the jewel is so nice. There's so few of them now. So, yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. I agree. Uh, honorable mentions, I guess, for about. the 5'8". Yeah, for the fight, there is. You have talked about, spoken about Trindle. I want to get to him in the halfback side of thing because I want to have a bit of a discussion around him and Hines together. There's been a lot of chat around that from the All Stars fallout. Um, a couple of just quick honorable mentions that have been sp- spoken about and, and thereabouts. Matt Burton for the Dogs. I personally don't have him at all as super coach relevant at the moment from what I saw in the trial on the weekend as well. I still just don't think he's a playmaker. I think he's a center, an out and out center. And I just think it's going to get to the stage where the dogs have to bite the bullet there, put him at center and make Sherry work somewhere else or put Crichton back to fullback or something. But the more I see of Burton and at, at 5'8", the more it starts to piss me off because they're ruining, in my eyes, one of the great centers we could be seeing at the moment and for the next few years out of position and just making him do things that isn't natural for him. So it's doing my absolute head in at the moment. But... Let's not try and get into that too much. Don't fire me up too much. Um, Luke Brooks, some people are absolutely loving Luke Brooks still. Yeah. We've said it before. I don't get it. I really, the more I think about Luke Brooks' play and I try and talk myself into somehow being those people and making it work, I just cannot do it. Like, the more I think about it, the worse it gets. <laughs> I just really don't get it. Like, please yeah. reach out to us. Let us know why you think Brooks is such a good play because I cannot see it for the life of me. Yeah. it's The argument is it's a fresh start for him and he's in a much better oh. team playing next to a better halfback. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of not good for him, really. Halfback that does but, everything. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and if it's not the halfback doing everything, it's the fullback doing everything. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't see it either, but it's it's nice to – try and hope that he does better than he has done at the Tigers. It, it can't be too hard to do better than that. Um, but even still, he averaged 50 at the Tigers. I just don't see him getting that much opportunity at the Manly. So, yeah, yeah, not for me. The last one to have a quick chat on, Ezra Mam, um, who has started to feature a little bit in some teams that I have seen floating around. Not the worst play for where he's at, um, but I still can't get around him. I think that's a lot of people talk going off the grand final hype. He scored, I think it was like 19 tries last year. He scored a phenomenal amount of tries and it's very hard for five eights and halfbacks to go again and score that sort of try scoring feats for a season. Like that's astronomical. Like that is ridiculous. He's outscored plenty of backline plays in the last year and 
to bank your house on him doing that because clearly the points that he was getting last year and it still only ranked him, I think it was mid-table here for, for the five eights. So it hasn't ranked him too high considering he's scoring so many points from tries. Like if that dries up even by five, six tries or something, he hasn't shown yet in a super coach world he can find points elsewhere yet. So it's just so much of a gamble and there's players that are cheaper and there's players that are a bit more expensive that I'd definitely rather go for. Yeah. He, he His high score last year was 82. And yeah. he probably scored maybe a hat-trick in that game to get 82. I was going to say he would have scored a couple. <laughs> yeah. So he um, it's just if he's not scoring tries, he's not really doing anything else. So, yeah. He's obviously just priced off an average, which he'll never actually really hit because it's kind of like... If he gets that try, he'll get to his average. And it's like, yeah. fair enough, you know, he averaged quite a fair few tries. So, but you're probably right about them drying up at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, just depends on his game, man. But yeah, 20% owned too. It's it's a pretty, it's a pretty high ownership. You're putting a lot of eggs in that basket. You're probably going to get disappointed more often than not. So, um, not but true. again, you aren't paying 780k for him either. So. Can you really be too cranky? You also need to need to hope he can make some cash, which I think you may struggle with. Um, halfback, most likely. Yes, halfback. First, Nico Hines, who we have said countless times now, he is our first pick in both of our Supercoach teams and has been since the app has opened till now. Number two, Nathan Cleary. Uh, an interesting chat ahead when we get back to Nathan Cleary. Number three, Mitch Moses. Number four, Daly Cherry Evans. And number five, we spoke about him on the Roosters preview, Sam Walker. Now, Nico Hines, I want to talk about. I did mention about the Braden Trindles thing. There's been a lot of people talk about the All-Stars game. Um, and so I was actually at a pink concert, so I've only been able to catch up on some of the highlights and bits of bits and pieces of the game myself as well. Um, I'm not anywhere near as concerns a lot of people are trying to make out this whole Trindle and Hines and Trindle's going to eat into Nico's points blah 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 argument I think if anything I think it makes Nico Hines go to another level and the reason I say that is because it's going to take so much pressure off him to have this sort of player there and it actually frees him up to hopefully not have as many defenders on him because the problem with the Sharks and Nico Hines for the last two years Everyone has known where the ball's going. Everywhere, everyone knows that Nico Hines is going to do what Nico Hines does. The fact he's been able to score what he's been able to score at Supercoach and be the player he's been able to be is phenomenal. Shows you the type of player Nico Hines is. People say he's overrated. I don't think he's overrated. I think he is slightly out of position at halfback. I'd love to see him in a natural 5'8 position, but he's a very classy, classy player. Trindle does not impact him anywhere near as much as some people are making out to be. It doesn't put me off having Nico at all. All it does is tempt me to own Trindle as well, which is dangerous. I understand you don't want to have probably ideally two players at the one team, especially in the halves. But I'm, as you said, JC is out. I'm tempted to have Trindle in 5'8 alongside Dill Brown and have Nico as my main halfback. Where are you at with this? Because it's obviously... Nerve-wracking to have two players first of all in that position, but can you see where, where I'm coming from with that? I, I just yeah. I don't think Nico gets that impacted. No, no, not at all. I think they're just trying to reach for an argument to not have him. To be to be fair with you, man, um, yeah. you know you got to forget too. Like 
he played for Melbourne with Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, yeah, and Harry Grant. They didn't take away Fourth his string. He was <laughs> unbelievable, and he was like the backup fullback. Yeah. So, you know, it's not oh Braden Trindle of all people is going to take points off Nico Hines, considering Harry Grant, Cameron Munster couldn't take points off him. Like it's it's such a weak argument. Oh, I see. I'm hearing it so often too. I'm like, oh, you got to watch out. Trindle's going to get you. It's like, no, man. Are you serious? It's Braden Trindle. Well, he's just going to support. He's just going to kind of do his thing. Like, okay, Moylan did a pretty good job because he was rubbish, and Hines had to do everything, as far as you know, actually relevant game stuff goes. Because Moylan had a fair bit to his game in general, but it was more in the background. Um, okay, Trindle might be a bit more active. He might actually do something with it. Um, but it's not going to take away the fact that Nico Hines is probably going to end top point scorer again. Like that's just yeah. a, it's just a silly argument to make. He's done it consecutive years. It's not because he had a shit five eight. Um, it's because he's good. It's because he's really really good. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, make of it what you will. I'm I'm actually half considering running with Trindle for a few rounds. I think we spoke about it in a in a chat before as well. Um, mainly just to free that cash up and then just have to see what happens come that round five by if, if I'm plugging my backup 5-8 at the time just to cover him and I'm going to have Cleary too. Um, or if it kind of puts me in a position where Trindle looks like he actually might go up. Um, and it's one of those, and it's another point to make as well. I don't think Hines loses points to Trindle, but I feel like Trindle gains points playing with Hines. Yeah, I was potentially. About to say that. So there's a chance that he gets more of a run next to Hines than he would have if he was just doing it himself. Obviously, he had those halfback games too where he was quite good um, in those stints where he sort of did everything. But um, he doesn't go missing at the end of the day. He's not a ghost out there. So um, if Hines is flying, the Sharks are flying, Trindle naturally should be getting some stuff to go on too, um, even as a temporary play. Obviously, you do yeah. want to have a gun 5-8. Um, he could be a stepping stone in the meantime, but he kind of opens a few doors up. One, the big one is he, he allows uh, Tommy Turbo in my team, and he also allows a really good center. So it just yeah. depends on whether I value those two instead of Pappenhausen, um, you know, which is still a great play and just trying to get that extra cash somewhere. So, you know, I think when it comes to five eights, you can probably afford that gamble if you're going to put him there. I still wouldn't put Nico and Trindle in the same spot. Because, no. again, you will lose them both. Very risky. Um, if you're going to play him, you do play him as your 5'8". Um, but, again, I don't think it hurts Nico, man. And if it does take away three points from him, you know, he's going to score 120 mm -hmm. most of the time anyway. So he, Trindle's allowed to have five, you know, cut him some slack. The other point I want people to think about as well when, when they're thinking about this argument is, Look at the Sharks and the way that they play. And what I mean by that is they're spine players. And you think about other teams out there, Roosters are a case in point where they've got pretty much a star-studded spine that everyone wants to basically be on the ball and play their role. The Storm, like you said, is exactly the same as well. Like you got Grant, you got Munster, you got Hughes and Pappenhausen. They're all freaks. they all very, very high-attacking quality players who need all fair share of the ball. The Sharks are a lot different to that if you – peel back the curtain and think about it because Blake Braley, very steady hooker, but I think it's a coaching instruction. He's never really running the ball too much. Like he, I think he's got the attacking spark, but for some reason he's not coached to do it. He's basically coached to give it to the halves straight away. And Will Kennedy 
isn't one of those pullbacks that takes over and tries to be too involved. He's very much that guy that chimes in here and there and um, is sort of more one of those players that makes defenders keep up and, and look at him, not more so that that fullback that really gets on the ball too much. So I think that just allows both Trindle and Hines enough time to get relevant supercoach points and be the players that, that we think and that they're going to become. I don't think it's going to hinder him at all. If they had more of the, the players like the Roosters or the Storm had that the other spine members were more dominant on the ball, I would be a bit more worried. But I still just think it's those two that's plenty of time to both be able to do stuff with the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too, man. Um, like obviously, we'll see what happens at the beginning of the season. They've got quite a good draw. Um, yeah. Hines That's the other thing do I like. Hines things, man. Yeah, the 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 shark straw is really nice. Um, Hines will do Hines things, and that's you know, it is what it is. You you can't expect any different from him. Um, but I do expect Trindle to go up because he's only at a 40, 43 average. I think he's priced at. It's not much really, considering um, considering how much Nico averages. It's a big jump um, for that divide to be so far apart between one and the other. We'll just have to see what happens. But, yeah, I don't hate it, but I don't think it's a long-term thing. I think you have to, at yeah. some point, get off him and try and get into somebody else because, yeah, it's just having two of the same, like you do put in, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Um, but it's it's Nico Hines' basket, so it's not a bad one to be in. Um, <laughs> put, my, Nathan, put my Easter eggs in that basket. Talk yeah. to us about Nathan Cleary because I think that's another interesting discussion at the moment and how quickly your mind is, is is changing on the Nathan Cleary stance, I feel like. Oh, no, I'm still starting with him. I'm still starting yeah, with him. You've gone back to really the starting, there was some time. Yeah, no, no, I can't not do it. Um, I've thought about it. I just can't justify it to myself. I feel like I'll just be clawing back too much trying to trade him in at some point. And I know if I don't start with him, I won't have him for a long time. And I'll just be missing out and I'll be hating myself for it. So um, I'm just I trying to make it, it work. Hey. I actually did it. I traded Nathan Cleary out. I um, quickly got him back in the team and realized it scared the shit out of me knowing how hard it would be to get back to him. Like I thought to myself, if he doesn't start red hot, like possibly we're anticipating because he's human, um, so be it. But as you said, it's more so a point that I know he'll make it up. If he starts slow, he'll catch it up and, and he'll be, he'll become the player we know he can be in Supercoach. So. Yeah. Um, I think what's probably putting a lot of people at like a bit of unease about it really is just the price and the potential that he does drop in price. Um, I feel like... He's still 40-odd percent. Yeah, he's higher than uh, Nico Hines by Nico, a bit yeah. now. Almost 10% more owned for Cleary than Hines. So he's 42% owned. Heinz is 33% owned. Um, it's got to purely be price, even though it's only it's about 60K. Yeah. It has to purely be price. Maybe people are just so scared of Braden Trindle, man. They're just trying to jump jump off that Heinz boat, but it's a bit silly. Um, there are plenty of arguments to not start with Cleary. They've got the World Cup game. Um, they probably aren't going to have much of a downturn for it. And they got a really hard draw to start and they don't really start too, too hot really, but it's the Panthers. They don't need to start too hot. They'll still win. 
um, they'll just probably grind out a few. But like, again, I have been thinking, and if I was a betting man, which I am, I will probably say Melbourne go up round one. Um, and then that puts the, the power game round two. It's not an easy game for, for Penrith, that Parramatta Eels game. It never really seems to be. Uh, they'll smash us. You reckon? Oh, they'll smash us. I think if they lose to Melbourne, they destroy the Eels. But it's not easy. And then they got the Broncos. And then they got the Roosters. And then they have Manly. So it's like, fucking, when does it stop? Um, which is why I expect that team to get the, you know, they're just going to start rolling. And if they do lose round one, they kind of get that loss out of the way because they won't be losing again many times after that, really. So, um, but the way that I sort of made the point of it is like, I am happy to buy Cleary at 9-12 at any point of the season. I feel like that's a, probably cheap, realistically, or it's it's yeah. decent enough price. Like if someone says, you know, Cleary's going to cost you 9-12, Nico's going to be a mil, I'll be like, okay, I'll take both of them and I'll work around it. But I'm happy to even lose cash on Cleary at 9-12 because the, the whole point of it is you're not going to trade him out. Yeah. So, like, what his price comes in at, it's gonna he's going to stay in your team. Um, and if Cleary has a bad game and he scores 60 points, it's only bad because he's averaged at a, he's priced at a 90 average. So it's like, okay, he might score 60. What's your alternative? Mitch Moses, he'll probably score 60. It's and like, it's I understand he's... Yeah, I understand he's a fair bit cheaper. He's a couple hundred K lower. Um, but again, you're going to trade Moses out at some point, probably for Cleary. So yes. if you get him, you just have him. You don't trade him out. Or if you do, there's a there's probably an origin reason for it. But um, yeah, and you kind of just run with it and you just take the ups and the downs. So, And I, I just think it's going to be too hard. Um, you know, if you leave him for a bit, I suppose the whole point is to try and get someone to go up in price, to have him come down in price. And then you've made a bit out of that too, probably strengthen another position. Um, no one else stands out so much for me that I'm going to get that instant cash bump out of him to get Cleary when I want him to. Um, otherwise, if it's left too late, it'll be closing in on origin. I'll be getting him in for a couple of weeks and then losing him for a couple. And then that's where the problem is. So I think for now, man, I'm just going to lock them both in and just forget about it. It's kind of how it's been the whole time, to be fair. But it is just nice having the extra bit of cash. So, yeah, I think that's the safest play. I will be doing exactly the same, and I recommend anyone listening to to do exactly the same. And as you said, the, the trade factor is the biggest thing for mine. Um, it's not even the early points because, as you said, I actually think they'll be pretty – on par with a few of the other players that could potentially you could go for uh, when it comes to early season points. But I'm not too worried because I look at halfback and I just think, and, and the five position with Dill, Dill Brown as well, they're three positions I do not want to mess around with with trades. I'm hoping ideally they're there from start to finish. Like I just want to chill with them. No worries. I know I'll bite the bullet come origin time. No worries at all because I know this season I'm, I'm anticipating positions like center wing, the way that second row is looking and, and prop forward, they'll probably be my three positions where I am tossing around um, trades quite a bit um, because I'm trying to chase that cash factor because I see a lot of players who have that benefit and the upside. So I'm looking at the half. I want to look at a couple of those positions like halfback, 5'8", then look at those as go, that's my lock-in players and that's what I want to want to leave with. So 
Moses and Cherry Evans, I think we can just sort of pair them up and just say purely for Mitch Moses, it's the early draw isn't as bad as a lot of the teams around him. So that's the appeal for him. But as you said, the worry is for Mitchell Moses and Supercoach, a good game is often a, a 70 or an 80, and that's like a really top, you're like, I'm cheering for that. And that's he's worked extremely hard for that, where for Hines or for Cleary, that's like they've gone out the field and said hello to the referee and they're already on 80 points. Like it's it's it's, yeah. rid- <laughs> it's ridiculous how it works. And you're thinking, holy shit, how do they get 80? And you're thinking about Moses. He's, did he only get 80? Like oh, I thought that I'd look at the app and it'd be a 200. So um, yeah. it can be a bit pretty frustrating. And there's valid reasons for both of those players to move down and for a cash point of view, Sam Walker to go up to the third position, I'm starting to think about. But um, that's more of a, I like the Roosters draw. I like what I can see from Sam Walker uh, in the trial last week. Daly Cherry Evans. Now, if that if this was to pick after Origin, I'd have Cherry Evans up towards number one mm. because he has this sick tendency to just, as soon as Origin finishes, his coach scores just go up by 30 it's ridiculous yeah. how he does it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's sort of my thing on the last three players. It's They're very much together. I feel like there's not much separating them. It's probably more of a cash point of view, trying to save a little bit of coin, not wanting to spend the big bucks and the big two. But, yeah, that's, that's all I've really got to say on those, those final three. Yeah. Um, you know, we can sort of touch tough on it with Mitch Moses. It's The, the draw does make it very appealing. Um, the fact that he is 695, he's a couple hundred K less than Cleary. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like that those, those points will come for Cleary in general. And I think, you know, it, Moses is never a, a locked in player. You're always half trying to work out a way to trade him away as even as soon as you get him in your team, you're thinking, when am I trading him out? So, um, I don't really want that headache in the halves. Um, Cherry Evans, man, I think we, we mentioned it in the Manly game, their fixtures towards the back half. Well, probably later in the back half, they do get really good. Um, obviously, they ended quite well, and then that's kind of what's pushed his price to to be as high as it is. It was those last couple of games of the year um, where he scored just just unbelievable points. I think he scored like a hundred and seventy something. Um, what was it? Oh, it was almost. It was about a hundred and fifty odd. Two weeks in a row, the last two games of the season. I was like. Very, it would have been nice to have him, but it's also hurt us now thinking about his price. So, um, not really one I would have considered starting with anyway. So, it's pretty irrelevant. Um, but the two percent that do have him, um, just get Cleary, really, I would think, unless you have him as well. Um, because yeah, the manly run's not fantastic to begin with. Um, but he's a he's a gunman, he's he's been doing it forever. So, I think there's a, probably a good point to make that he might have a have half a reason to go into your team towards the back half of the season. Just have to see what the big two boys are doing. Um, I don't think they slow down then either. And Sam Walker, obviously, I reckon Sam Walker's biggest years to come this season. Um, he does look like he's put a bit of size on as well. So hopefully that helps him. He's a bit of a child out there at the best of times. And yeah, 6'10". 6'10", K, I think he comfortably gets 60 points a week. So I don't think he's going he's gonna to really bottom out any lower than that um but yeah no i think it's pretty good but then again like where do you play him at the moment you have to drop one of those two big guys um probably not something i plan on 
starting with, yeah. But I, I do think there's a, you know, pretty good reason for it. But there's a few halves in there too. Like, it's a very sort of black and white position because you just get Nico Hines, Nathan Cleary, and you literally don't look at anyone else because there's no point to yeah. after that. So you can kind of just forget about every other option. But if you're more open to the idea of not having them, I've seen a fair few teams just not have either of them. I'm thinking, what are you doing? Like, why? I think just to be different, just to have the extra money. Or they're not they're not actual, you know, they're very casual super coach players. So um, it just doesn't look right. Obviously, the team looks incredible because you have so much money to spare. But at the same time, when you don't see those two in a team, you're thinking, how have you wasted this much money and not have these two in it? So, yeah. Hines, Cleary, set, forget. You can have three to 40, and I still probably wouldn't look at any of them. I agree. Moving on, the second row forwards now. First is David Fafida. Looks a little bit chunky in in this photo. No disrespect, David, but it's, I don't know, this isn't a good angle for for poor David Titans. You've done him dirty. Uh, Number two. (laughs) <laughs> number two, Jermaine Hopgood. Number three, Britton Nakora. Number four, Sean Lane. And number five, Brendan Piacura. David Fafita, first of all, obviously missing the, possibly the first five weeks from what we've heard with the pec surgery. And then there's even a bit of a worry how well he does come back and if it's a, a worry that that pec moving forward with the type of physical player that he is. Um, the more I think about David Feeder and as a non-owner of David Feeder at the moment, the more content I am about it because there's starting to become a fair few what-ifs of a player. And if I'm spending that much on a player, I don't want as many what-ifs or, or what could happen as what there is with David Feeder. Now, I don't, it's obviously not a start with what, what's happening, so it's just about what's going to happen with this mid-tier group of, of of players that we've got and that seem to be just flooding Supercoach teams at the moment, and rightly so probably. And the injury to David Fafita helps that. It just makes people's minds up even more. Um, yeah, I just – I don't know what to say with David Fafita because I know he's, he's a notorious gun, and I know if I say it too much – will easily come back to buy me. He'll come back and hit 100 straight away or something. I just feel like if I'm trying to just be somewhat human when I talk about this with Fafita, I don't think he can come back as good as what he can from a fresh peck injury. Like, Yeah, a peck's not a good one. Like he's had surgery. Yeah. Um, but it's day for Fafita, man. I yeah. feel like you just do it. You just chase the upside. That's what it is. You still have him upside. as a top top 10 or 12 draft pick, don't you? That's how highly yeah. you rate him. Yeah. I reckon even with a five-week injury, he comes out and he gets drafted. Um, yeah, in the top 10. And, like, in my other league, I'm drafting from 11th. And I feel like if he felt... Oh, I think we may, may have lost Jesse quickly there. So, oh, there he's back. He's back. Yeah, there we are. I'm back. Sorry about this. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of hope he doesn't fall to me at 11th because I feel really bad not taking him, but I feel like I kind of have to. So it's risky, especially not having him for five weeks. But again, very long season. Um, man, he was the best last year. It was, it was a clear standout. Um, and I don't really see anyone kind of doing that again besides him. Uh, because, yeah, average 81 and a half out of 22 games. So it wasn't like he played a handful. You know, he's there for pretty much all season. Um, just a monster, dude. Dave Fafita's a beast. Best year he's had. I- I'd back him to do it again, but he might just start slower. So I probably won't get him instantly. Um, if it's going to be one of those things where you give him one, two, three weeks to, to potentially drop in price. Uh, but I don't feel like they bring him back unless he's just banging ready. You know what I mean? Straight ready to go. And then he can come out and brain it. And then you're thinking, shit, how do I get him in the team the following week? So I am very ready for that to happen. I kind of hope it does because I do want to get him in the team as early as possible. Uh, but you do need that stepping stone player for that to happen. So five weeks, it might be enough time if you know one of these mid-rangers really takes off um to cash out pretty quick to get onto him but you'd still need to do something else at the same time so unless you've got someone to move up pretty quickly um you might be jumping the gun a little bit on him you probably could afford to wait a little bit longer uh but yeah man you just have to see peck injury it's not a nice one so just have to yeah wait because there won't be any word about it too until he's in and you can't imagine des is going to let a lot slip it'll either be he's in one week or he's not and then what's his fitness like oh well he's in you know he's obviously fit in his grumbly voice in his press conferences that you just love so much. So probably get angry about all the questions every week, I think. Um, but yeah, I still can't take him off the top spot for, for the best second rower in the game. It's pretty clear. Yeah. Jermaine Hopkins, a funny second though. That's um, it's probably, it's probably uh-huh. one position higher than I would expect it. I would have put in a Cora there personally um, just for the attacking upside that he can get for the run that the sharks have playing outside Heinz. Yeah, it's just too yeah. too much of a good proposition for it. And the fact that he is cheaper by about 40k, um, 80 minutes as opposed to, oh, Hopgood can play 80 minutes. I don't know if he will consistently, but, he, you know, he did it last year for a, a long time. So it just depends, dude. But, yeah, no, and just the history of the player as well. Obviously, Hopgood's played one season incredibly well, you know, ranked himself third out of all the, all the second rowers in there. Um, with a 9% ownership, people are paying the big bucks for him. Even still, I feel rude buying him at that price considering what I'm, you know, you know where he knows he comes from. But it's a lot. It's Consistency a lot is key for some. It is key. That's the thing. It's what you're buying. You're buying those points just every week, almost half guaranteeing that you're going to get anywhere from 60 to 100. It's not a bad thing to, to bank on because he will do it every week. Um, but yeah, I'll say this about Jermaine, the fact mm. that he's top three in the, the rankings and average from last year, I think he's exceptional because the players around him, you, they, they obviously probably scored a, lot, a fair few more tries compared to what Hopgood would have scored last year. So they were, their price has probably been increased because of the, the try scoring as well. Hopgood is just a base stat god. Like, that's where that 9% as you talk about. I think they're just going, you know what? He's going to get me me stock standard, as you said, 60 to 80 points a week. And 
Personally, I wouldn't go there. Like personally, I, I'm not doing that for any high class second rollers to start the season. But if I had different ways to go about my team, <laughs> I'd think about him. One thing I don't want to do this year is play it safe. So unfortunately for that price tag, I can't do it. But yeah. 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 It's just a price tag thing because yeah. I wish I could have him again, honestly. I wish I could just rely on someone as much as you can rely on Hopgood. Um, but... Put a six in the fr- in in the front of that, I'd be all over him for some reason yeah. mentally. Yeah. Even just that fifty k, I'd do go, Yeah, thanks. Yeah, but I suppose you put a six there and you start looking around what he's compared to at that same price, and then you make the point that he's better than all of them, and it's a very easy argument to make that you get him over anyone else. Um, I'd rather him than Carrigan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'd go. I'd boys. go that. Yeah. Uh, I for sure would as well, but unfortunately he's not. And uh, we can't be doing that. We've got to look at what's in front of us. Nakora, your boy. Nakora, yeah. I like Nakora. Why I'm, you're I'm so very high keen. on him. Yeah, I'm very keen on Nakora. I think just in general with that starting run, um, he starts off pretty good. He's playing next to the best player in the game, um, scoring-wise anyway. Oh, hang on. <laughs> What's that? Oh, sorry, the Super Coach game. Yes, you're right. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then another little thing, depending on what Fafita does look like he's doing, get Nakora in. I, you, you just keep Nakora too. That's the thing. Like, if you've got Nakora, there's no real reason to trade him, but it could puts you in a really good position to just swap him for Dave Fafita, come that Sharks by if he's in for that round five game. And then you haven't lost anything and you've just got the best second rower in the game without really having to spend up. So just things to, you know, ponder on that may never happen. But um, I like his price at 710. I had him pretty much as long as I could have had him last season. I rode him out for a long time. And at 700, man, I'd be banking on that every single week. Um, even without tries, he's scoring 70 points. So, um High score of 99, so he didn't crack the 100, but he oh. got really close a fair few times, and a lot of it was a little bit higher. Um, you know, 70s were more consistent than anything else. So I'm pretty happy with that too, but again, it's just for that dollar, and I like the fixtures to start for the Sharks. I think they might hit it off. Um, Sean Lane and Piakura are heavily owned cashies for your number four five sort of bypassing the actual guns outside of that for, for value. Um, providing Sean Lane, like I don't think he is any doubt to start in that second row spot. It's definitely his. Just got to hope he gets back to that sort of form that he had two years ago because then, you know, then you can have a really good point to make that, you know, he's got that value to really push him into the 60 pluses again. So I do like that. Um, unfortunately, Peter Crowe looks potentially maybe a little injured to start. Don't know if it's... Anything to, you know? Spewing because he looked so enough. good on the weekend. Yeah, man, it was, was red hot. I was like this I was guy sitting there on the lounge just, just yeah, bomb and just. By the inches. I was, don't worry about League of Inches, mate. I was growing <laughs> by the inches and I was looking at my super coach team just going, oh, Brendan P. Cura. I know yeah. some people think he's a trap still, but I'm looking at this guy and how good he is because straight away like within the so first quick, set or two they just went target him straight away like it just looked like the broncos game plan is now going to be around getting him into some space against the 
the halfback or five eighth, whichever one is going to be up against on the, on the day. So he's he's a talent. I'm hoping this injury isn't what this as bad as they're saying it. Even if he's out for a week, I'm still going to hold him. I, I just no point playing around with that. Yeah, I, if it's one week, just plug him. Um, yeah, because that he he looked good, man. He looked really good. He had the twinkle toes out. He was rapid for a big boy as well. I thought, geez, he's he could be on here. So it just depends on how long the injury is. If it's going to be a couple, I probably won't hold him. I probably won't start with him um, because it just gives you an extended amount of time to to allow that price to change. Um, it might be one of those ones where I don't have him, but I have somebody else. And if they flop, then I just do that straight swap. I have to wait and see what happens, but I don't think it's serious enough to really warrant too much yet. Anyway, I just hope it's not a big one because yeah, I, I was looking at that after that game thinking, fucking here we go. Picker is the answer. You know what I mean? He's, he's that guy that we've been looking for that cheap mid ranger. That's actually going to do us something good because a lot of the car and owners at the moment probably stressing the fact that they haven't seen him start yet. Um, Sean Lane, obviously, we'll see what happens with him soon. So could be pretty good. Um, but yeah, man, pretty uh, big exclusions from the top five, just chucking those two in. Cameron Murray's one that I would probably have in there because I still feel like he's at a bit of a discount um, over probably. He was know, good on the depending. weekend. He was busy. Yeah, very busy. It's good signs for him. I reckon he's um could be going back to the old Cam Murray of of you know not even you know last year I suppose hot and cold the year before and then the five plus years before that you know very very good. So he's in there. Um, take your pick, man. There's so many. Jacob Preston, um, he's up there. I I do like him as well for his price. It's just a lot of doggies to keep in there, especially at six hundred, but. I do like him at 600. That's the thing. Um, and then heaps of mid-rangers. So, yeah, the, the secondary position is huge. Um, but the top dogs, are they're pretty clear when you look at the price of them. Just hoping that some of these yeah. mid-rangers can push their way up because I don't think the top guys are going to come down at all. So I, I think you're pretty right. The honourable mentions um, part, of the, um, part of the segment. There's too many, like the centre wings. There's just... <laughs> We will either disrespect people by not saying it. Uh, we'll forget someone that we should have said, or we'll be here until midnight once again. So, I think that that's pretty fair. Uh, we've already spoken about a lot of them in our team previews as well. If you haven't already listened to those, go ahead. Don't just listen to your favourite team either. There is obviously Super Coach. You've got to not be one-eyed with, with uh, what you're, you're listening to. It, there's a whole lot of players out there that are worth listening to. So make sure you go ahead and give our team previews a listen as well. There's I've broken it down into either the individual team itself or the actual um, complete episode that we filmed for that um, that night. The front row forwards. Uh, so our second last one, there's two big guns once again, Payne Haas, number one, Tino Farsal. I forgot to say originally as well, with the dual players, I basically just picked one, picked them in one position. I didn't bother trying to pick them in, in two lots of positions. Um, and I picked him in the position I thought most super coaches are picking these players as well. Uh, number three, Joseph Tappany. If we're going off the All Stars game, goodness me, he's in for another belter of a year. That was, I know Jesse has a bit of soft spot for him, so we'll get to him soon. Number four, I almost regret putting him at number four at the moment. I actually would swap him and Leo Thompson because, again, going off the All Stars game, Leo Thompson. Far 
I've got to say, fuck me. He looked phenomenal like that. He looks like the, now the main guy at the Newcastle Knights who is going to lead from the front and just dominate. He looks so hard to tackle. I'm looking at him going, there he's going to be tackle bus galore. Bring it on. I've got him as my main prop forward at the moment, and, and I actually absolutely love it. Then I'd switch number five to Thomas Flegler from the Dolphins too. We've spoken about him in the past. Maybe not as exciting, um, not as much X-factor as the others, but the thing I like with Flegler for his price, I easily see at least a 10-point advantage getting there. So you can get him up to that that price packet and then trade him off to someone else. And I think you'll get to that price pretty quickly for, for the work he'll do. So, Jesse, take it away with those five. Um, I like the top three, and I really like Leo Thompson. Um I was very early on Leo Thompson. I'm so glad he played really well because I was just like, yes, it's justified. Um, but Payne Haas is number one and clear. I think yeah. he starts off so hot. It's, you know, one of those guys, if you're going to justify a must-have in your front row, he's definitely the man for it. Um, I feel like this year isn't as friendly for budgeting. Last year he was cheaper to start and we had a bit more to play with in the cash option because there were so many cheapies that we were just blessed with. We could afford to have a lot of these big guys. but. Um, yeah, he was a guy that I threw in my team and found very hard to not have when I started team building. And now I've obviously gone away from the the premium, premium front row options. Uh, but he will be in my team as soon as he can. I guarantee that at the very least. So he's a, he's a weapon. Um, and I just see him getting better every year too, honestly. See, when's he going to stop going up and up and up? But no, he's he's just, yeah. He's a weapon, man. He's a monster. He's so good. All he has to do is to put an offload in his game, and all of a sudden, you know, there's a better pain Haas than we've seen before. So, so that's one thing he doesn't really do, man, and he doesn't need to. I mean, look what he scores. Imagine if he could just get one or two of them. I think he scored one try, maybe. So it's it's no attacking all out of him. It's just him just being a freak out there. Um, Tino's pretty much in the same boat, but he's a bit more, you know, bit more attacking i guess like the dual position's really nice he's obviously the dearest out of everyone that we've spoken about here so 790 is a lot um i probably would leave him at second though i i just think he might start off a little slower under des i'm not too sure what to expect out of tino just yet i'm more than happy to wait and see with him um yeah. at some point in the year you're going to have the best props in the game in your front row it's just going to happen if you sort of budget properly and there's a good chance that you have Haas and Tino in your team. It just depends on how early you can get them both. Uh, but, yeah, man, I just want to see what happens with him. If he starts dropping and, you know, it gets pretty favorable, I, I might make that play sooner than Haas, potentially. It just really, really depends. Um, but I will like to see what happens with him because his brother looks pretty good out there too. So, yeah be some options but they do have some plays to get through so I, I still i don't feel like that 79 um or 77 point sorry average is sustainable to begin with i think it might kick over later on um oh Tarpity, what a freak how good was he he was on some just nuts nuts score by the end of that game and he didn't need the minutes really for it either he's been one of the most underrated super coach players i think this year i do not think anyone has spoken about him and right now he's one of those players I could make a very valid argument to have as one of the must-have sort of players when you put into price range when you put into points that he can get 
when you put into the fact that he's in a Raiders team this year that needs leadership, it's screaming for it. He will be one of those guys, and it looks like if this All-Stars game is anything to go by, that leadership role being that figurehead for a team just suits him down to a T. Yep. It's scary yeah. at the moment not having him, and if there's any, like, obviously we've all we've both decided to go quite cheaper when it comes to, to front row forwards, but if you just want to go down slightly, as you said, it makes it a bit easy to go up to one of those big guns when they start to look like they're really taken off. Tarpany is, is your golden ticket to that. Yeah, I I wouldn't trade Tarpany away though. That's the thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's like you have him and you just roll with him because you're just going to get that out of him, you know. And mm. if he's going to base you 65 or 50 minutes, barely, you know, you can have a 40 minute game and still score you 80 points. Like that's the thing, man. Um, his just points per minute is insane. So. Um, I do, I, I've mentioned before, you know, if you're going to want to go hard in the, the front row, if that's kind of the way that you want to play your game, um, you could do way worse than Tarpany, Jesus. And if you don't want to spend up near 800k for the top two, 650 is a bargain for him. And yeah, man, like it's a pretty thin pack. There's a lot of the youngsters in that team. Uh, you just need one of these big dogs to step up and, you know, you just got to, he's proven he can do it. You just sort of want to get more out of him in general, but. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very tempted after that. I was already pretty tempted just trying to get a bit more value in my front row because I wasn't liking how cheap they both were to the fact that I have no front row bench. Um, and I thought, you know, Haas, Tino, these guys, they are going to get away from me if I don't do something. Because with a couple of plotters, you know, they're going to get me the, what they're priced at, maybe a smidge more of a bump. I'm going to have to lose someone else to get up there. So... I've I've pondered the idea as well, but then I thought, fuck, if I have Tarpany, I don't want to get rid of him either. Um, yeah. I'm just getting more and more off Flegler going down to number four. Tarpany, I think, great move. I'm half considering it again, but going down the list, yeah. I, I didn't see enough out of him. Not enough to really be like, I need this guy in my team desperately, but it's a trial. You can either say the trial is the best thing to ever happen to a player, or you can say it's just a trial. So there's two sides to the coin, but it just, yep. it seemed to be less. It seemed like he was doing less than he did at the Broncos. Yeah. Just just on the eye test in general anyway. Um, could probably run the numbers. It wasn't very impressive. He didn't run much. So uh, it was just a job. He just did a job. And I don't want someone that I'm paying, you know, 475 for to do a job, really. Like, it's kind of half the point with him. But you do want that little bit of bump. And... Don't know. He he might obviously get that during an actual game. It is a trial, and he's quite experienced to to not have to worry too much about showing himself. Like these youngsters have to kind of prove their point, get that position on the bench. He doesn't need a position on the bench. He knows he's going to be starting. Um, but Jared Wallace is clearly. Oh, he oh, was. <laughs> there he is. I was thinking about Jared Wallace later in the season when we spoke from the Titans video. Yeah. I thought, fucking what later of the season? Jared Wallace is back already. He's the guy, man. Like, if you got to start someone, give it to him at the very least. He killed it. So there's an honorable mention. 563K. Nowhere near that man. price. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Not um, bad for what he did. The one thing that a lot of people probably watching will straight away think, and, and I did as well, but there is, there is, I want to explain myself why I haven't done it. I haven't included a Roosters forward in either the second row or the front row forward, and there's clearly a couple of possibly standout players like front row, like 
Tyrrell May could be one second row Wong. The reason I haven't is because I'm just still, there's still so much uncertainty around who actually gets these spots at the moment for the Roosters. So when I'm picking these top five players, I want to make sure I'm picking players who I believe are certainties for that position, are certainties for decent minutes, et cetera, where with the Roosters, because there is so much quality around that place at the moment and those positions, I just don't know what the hell is going to happen. I don't think anyone does. I don't even think Trent Robinson knows what is happening at the moment. Like, it just is that wide. Like, the Rhea Hargraves early suspension helps a little bit, but still, like, the fact that he's away, players like Tupanua or Crichton can easily go and play some uh, middle um, minutes and take away from Terrell May and um, and Lenu and the like. So yeah. that's the reason I haven't. I could easily have Terrell May or uh, Lenu in this top five because of obviously their upside and the benefits I think you'll get. Terrell May would be the big one with his points per minute, but just as I said, that uncertainty around all those Roosters forwards are why I haven't put them in the top five. Yeah. Yeah, and just touched on the Roosters players as well. Um, I don't think he was half expecting Tupanua to be his best forward, to be fair. Because he was Oh, he was great. Clear. He was fantastic. Um I think in a perfect world he kind of hopes that like Crichton or Wong do the job for him and he goes, Oh, I don't have to worry about it now, I can just play these guys. But yeah, Tupanua put his put his uh foot in that position, man, with how good he was. So there could be one for us. If Tupanua gets the spot, he's the cheapest out of everyone. In that oh, second I said as well Roosters. in my um preview video uh video of uh, review video I put up uh, yesterday, a lot of people have forgotten just about how good Tupanua was before his injury. Like yeah. he was arguably one of the probably top five second rows in the competition at the time, and he was so good at that edge, barging over for tries, etc. Like I think a lot of people are sleeping on Tupanua, as you said. Even if he can get a sixty-minute roll, I'd be all over him. Yeah, with sixty minutes, I don't know if he has the like the massive upside. I think you do want the eighty I out of him. I've like he's he's less than four hundred k, so he doesn't have to really do too much to get there. But if his points per minute is like a point seven, which I feel like it'll be around that sort of point seven ish, maybe a little lower, um, on an average game, it's not a great deal of upside. It's just going to plot along. But um, he's a really good player with a lot of potential anyway. Um, I've he's a really good draft option. I've had him in drafts before, and he just does what you want him to do, and sometimes a bit more. So yeah, I do like him for that, but. You just have to see, obviously. The problem with the Roosters forwards as well is I don't think any of their, especially their backs, back row forwards or anything, will be 80-minute players this year. That's the problem. No. So if yeah. we look, we need to really look at that points per minute factor, and that's when someone like May really comes into it because we know even if he only gets his 40, 45-minute stint, that would be, be a good score. <laughs> we're, we're very happy taking that as super coaches where yeah. the back row is, even with Wong, like, He's a very great player, a very great upside player, and in the super coach side of things as well. But if, again, like if he's only getting a 60 minute stint, like, yeah, it could still be enough. Like, he has plenty of attacking upside, but there's a huge bit of area concern when you compare it to the rest of the secondary forwards that are around that price point. And as you said, that little bit, bit more expensive as well. So, mm. so much to, to go on with the Roosters and even Teamless Tuesday, I think won't help us. Like it's going to actually be one of those things with the Roosters. We need to watch the first few weeks, which may mean we miss out on some early points, but it may benefit benefit us all in the long run. 
Yeah, I'm more than happy to sacrifice a couple rounds worth of points because I'll have someone else, you know what I mean? And they're not going to make no points. Um, just to be sure that I'm not going to get caught out having the wrong one. Yeah. That's kind of where I would sit I'm with lean, it. I'm um, leaning that towards that as well. Yeah, if if we can give it about, you know, at least three weeks, wait to see what happens with their pricing, you kind of get an idea on who looks like they'll be the guy for it. Um, I'm more than happy to make that switch over, providing they look really appealing. But again, there are so many forwards to get through that you just can't be an 80-minute forward in that team with how much they've got to rotate. They might all play 50, 60 minutes, all of them, and just mix around behind the two props might get lower might get between, or Collins will probably get 50. Um, Terrell May, fingers crossed he gets 40 because that'll probably be 60 points for him. So we'll just have to see. Um, but there is a lot of faults to get through and there's probably going to be two or three that don't even get a game. They don't even get on the bench. So, yeah, yeah I don't want to have those guys if I can avoid it. Um, so that fifth spot, you could give it to any of those guys. Um, just briefly touching on off the top of my head the players that we've spoken about that we're all pretty hot on. Leo Thompson, pretty much from like maybe even the first team reveal. I was like, this could be Thompson's best season. I'm very keen for it. We all know about the Knights draw, considering we've talked about Ponga a thousand times. Um, yeah, man, he's better than both Saifidis. He's looking good. Um, I should have had Sam Hughes in. He's our man. Sam Hughes? He's a big one too for the cash side of things. Um, Totola, I've been so hot on Totola. He's not getting out of my team. Terrell Mays one. Um, there's so many in that 400s. And you don't even like, you can go up again, creep into the fives. Um, a lot of people are pretty hot on Ruben Cotter. I was thinking about, because, you know, we put that little call out there to, to the listeners thinking, why is everyone so super hot on Ruben Cotter? He's got the captaincy. So you would think naturally he would be on the field longer than he has been. You know, if he's, he's probably going to start, that was his issue that he wasn't getting starts out of it. Didn't help um, Tal Malolo. Well, well, we all know why that's the problem. <laughs> starts with a, starts with a T and ends with an odd Peyton. <laughs> Ding dong. Pod, um, pod Tayton. Pod Tayton. Potato. <laughs> potato. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, I, I'm still not as sold on the 20, 30% ownership, whatever it is, but I can kind of see the point expecting him to be a point a minute player, which he is, but to just be getting 60 plus minutes. Okay. Fair enough. Still meat and potatoes for me, man. So, yeah. you know, I you agree. can throw him in there. 540, you know, he might have a slight bit of upside. Um, but again, man, 27%, fuck, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. Max King is someone that I've been pretty keen on too. But again, look at my side after I've done it a couple of times and I'm thinking, fucking hell, it's the Bulldogs. I might have six of them, seven of them. I'm like, I can't afford this. It's too much. Like, it's way too many. So I just think with the with the lack of depth in their forward pack, Max Thompson moves into a new gear. Sam Hughes could come into it as well. So I'm like, there, I've got two of them. Shit. You know, you got Josh Curran potentially. You're going to have Hutchison and maybe Karaz if I make that play. And then Bronson and Cherry, like, fucking, where do you stop? There's too many of them. So, yeah, great value team. But the 500s, it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a lucky dip. That's why I'm happy to go down a little bit more or just play with the top three. Fanua Blake is a massive exclusion from this list, too. I haven't even touched on him. Um, 
he was he was red hot property. Hoping you bring year. it up. Hey, I was hoping you'd bring it up. Yeah, I wasn't going to let that one slip, but I thought I'd wait till the end anyway. But it's a big one to not even have in the list for a top five. So you're expecting him to just not be able to back it up? I just think there'll be too much head noise for him this year. There was a, quite a few tries in there last year as well. There was a lot. Um, I don't. I'm not saying he'll fall out of the pack in terms of being a top five front rower in the NRL. I still think he'll do that. I just think, for a super coach point of view, I don't see that the real value and appeal to own him from the start because I just don't know what what I'm going to get from him. He'll still be no doubt an enforcer for the Warriors, but I don't know. Like he, he's yeah. literally that that uh, release came out of absolutely nowhere. So who's to say he might not pop up, come round ten and go, guys? I just need to get the fuck out of here. Like it's, I, I've got to go. Like that's, no, I don't. I'm not going to question his character at all. I don't think he's that type of guy. Like if the Warriors are needing him and going well, I, I anticipate he'll stay around. But you just don't know how bad the situation is. It's making him leave either. Like if it's, um, I don't know, life and death situation. Touch wood, it's not for for whoever is involved with him. You don't want to wish that upon anyone, but. You just, unfortunately, you just don't know. And the fact that he had to resort to leaving a place that he looks so settled in, he's been playing such good footy and he was, mm. there was literally arguments for him throughout last year being the best prop in the competition. Like I'm talking ahead of Payne Haas at some points, not just at Supercoach, but in the NRL. Like there was literally, you could make valid, valid arguments about that. That's how good he was going. So to leave that and to go to a team where the Sharks, I'm not going to say struggle, like they're clearly not, but I generally think the Warriors have a better future and a brighter future for the next couple of years than the Sharkies do. So to leave that and to and originally that was looking like the only real targets to get him was the Tigers or the Dragons or the Dogs, there's no way in the world you wanted to leave the Warriors to go to one of those clubs. No. That just no. makes me feel like, unfortunately, his personal situation might be quite significant and as a human being that sort of stuff can just naturally will play on your mind like you might try and say oh no i'm i'm away from it it's all good i'm in the zone but let's all be human beings for a second if we've got something going on in our personal life we always say to our bosses or whatever like oh yeah no we've forgotten about it we haven't like it is literally on our mind day in day out of while that that's going on so i just think from a human point of view i just feel like i just can't start with him for super coach yeah, no, it's it's a fair point. Um, something happened, like something had to have happened because, mm. yeah, it, it was just doing so so well in that side, and it's a bit of a shame. I don't really want to see him leave them because you know I like that Me sort either. of play for the Warriors too because I felt like the Warriors needed it more than he did. Um, but it just depends what that noise is, man. Because you got to think like Payne Haas had a pretty rough, you know, preseason himself mm. with the family especially with everything that went down with him. And it didn't seem like it really did a great deal to his game. Um, whether you his can separate still that around him. of it. Hey? His, yeah. his family issues were here. They were still local to him. Where at, yeah. uh, Apparently with AFB, the family issues are They're all over in, other, in a different country. So, yeah. so it's he's not, not just saying he can just drive yeah. to him. Yeah, exactly. So he's separated from it all too. And I think it might just be riding on him. You know, if that's the case, then that's the case. Like, you can't do anything about that. You kind of miss his family. Shit. Fuck 
I would too if I was And, in and credit country. to the Warriors. Like, Warriors fans don't listen to this and think we're having a pot shot at the club. We actually – I love the Warriors. I love everything yeah. they do. I think the, the game owes them so much for what has happened with them. And, the like, I love the crowds there. I love where the game is at there. And, I, I honestly, I'd put another team into New Zealand if, if it was up to me mm. with the scenes that we have been seeing. And credit to the Warriors as a club. I, we're going a little bit off track here with the Supercoach point of view, but – just credit how they handled that situation. There's so many clubs out there who would have seen their one of their best players at the club come to them with that request and go dig their heels in, become back page news about what's going on, and then it becomes an ugly fallout because we always know the player ends up leaving no matter what. At least they've handled it in a really good way, a really respectful way from what how we've seen it from not being in amongst the four walls and just credit to the club because I think the Warriors as a whole, as an organisation, are doing some really good things. I really like what they're doing the next couple of years. I don't see them falling. I know there's play, uh, people out there that see them falling. I don't. I think they'll still be around where they have been. And just, yeah, credit to the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, big time, man. And I feel like even for, for Fanua Blake himself, I just feel like naturally the Warriors might have a bit more of a morale boost than the Sharks will have as an individual as a player. Like, yeah. you know, you look at the playing group that you're with, and I just reckon that it's an absolute laugh with the Warriors. I feel like, you know, if the, if that side of things wasn't his game and he could just get his family over to with him or, you know, obviously we're just talking shit out loud, there must be things deeper in the issues. Otherwise, that would have been pretty easily resolved. Um, yeah, man, this looks like a good club to be with, especially when they're on the up and everyone's supporting them because, you know, you're getting, you know, you can hate every other team by your own, but I feel like you can't hate the Warriors. And it's going the same. It's everyone's second team. Up the wires. You know, up the wires, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, you, you want to be a part of that if you can. And he has been a very, very big part of last season's, you know, success. So it will be a shame to see him um, see him go from that team. But, yeah, it's just um, he's a good player, man. Whether or not he carries it on to this season, I don't think it really matters. Um, might not be the play. There is still a fair bit of talent outside of him to look at. Last season he kind of excelled, but... You know what? There's a good chance that he goes down and he's in like top any price range. I'd still play with that. I reckon if that's yeah, if it's between the two and I don't have one, I'd be like, I know his upside. Run with it. Actually, press the button there, but let's we do move on to hooker. Okay. <laughs> um you know what? When we first did our first episode uh this year, I remember us saying hooker was very boring this year and to a certain extent, it still is, but I think it's become a lot more exciting because so many people out there are trying to avoid Harry Grant because of the price and they're trying to find and make up reasons in their own head why someone else looks so appealing. Harry Grant, no doubt, is head and shoulders above everyone else in his position when it just comes down to the nuts and bolts of it. When We just want to take everything away and just think we've got unlimited salary cap. Every single super coach player out there would be picking Harry Grant. It's because of how we want to make our teams look and the outcomes of our team where other players become a bit of an option and this is where the top five comes into it. So Harry Grant's number one. Jeremy Marshall King, I've got number two. Reese Robson, number three. Damian Cook in at, the, at number four. And Appy Coruscant, number five. I'm glad Appy Coruscant is five so we can end on him. There is definitely some talking points there. I think so many people have gotten way too excited about him the last couple of days. But anyway, um, Harry Grant, I've already, we've already said what we, we've I know in countless episodes, so I don't want to bore the people too much. But 
in an ideal world, you're you're just simply picking Harry Grant, aren't you? Yeah, of course you are. Um, if I had an extra few hundred k, I would. Yeah, but yeah, you know. We don't. Didn't make my team look too ugly having him. I would, but my team yeah. doesn't look great with him. You can't have everyone. You can't even have half of them. That's the problem. If you could have half of them, I could justify him being one of those halves. But yeah, no, I'm I'm looking a couple hundred k lower. Unfortunately, I just don't see it at the moment. But yeah, he's he is clear. It's just it's daylight. To be fair, man. Um, maybe, you know, can't can't knock it until team was come out and I rip it all apart again. But uh, it does look good having him in the team, I'll tell you what, because I haven't really had him in the team much this year. So whenever I do make a team and throw him in there, I'm thinking, fuck, this could be the one. This could be where it's at. But, yeah, I quickly change it. So um, he is just pricey. Again, we don't have the luxury this year. Um, there's just too much to spread around. So, yeah, it's more tempting to sit in the 500s and look around there for the moment. Um, but... Yeah, there will be people. Obviously, the majority have him. His ownership is 28%. So he has more ownership now than he, uh, Jaden Braley does. So that was always, yeah, yeah that was always the other side of things. Um, Brennan Hands is creeping up pretty quick too, 20% owned. So as far as they go, both cheapies, to have, the, to have the big dog sitting number one with the highest ownership too, even over all the cheapies, it's pretty clear that he's the favorite. Um, you know, you're making reasons not to get him, but I think the, the money's better spent elsewhere for the minute. If you're on either of those cheapies before you get into that list, I would just recommend right now get off. Jaden Braley's battling a hamstring injury. He needed to play a trial for mine to, sh- to show he's ready to go. The fact that he hasn't done that coming off the ACL injury and now a hamstring injury, I don't know when he's going to be back. I don't know how much they'll push him either, and I don't know how much game time he'll get. So even at that mid-300 price for Jaden Braley, I'd be looking elsewhere and trying to find a play. Brandon Hand is a Parramatta supporter. Joey Lustig will look as if he will have that hooker position. Now, Brandon Hands is on the bench this week, but I don't know what minutes he'll get. Like I'm anticipating like um, Brad Arthur loves Joey Lustig. He, he just... I don't know why. He's just very nuts and bolts hooker for mine. He'll just give, give it to, to Brown or Moses or, or Gutho, and that's sort of it, and that's what he wants from his dummy half. But I can't see Brennan Hands getting much game time at all. Like I'm talking 20, maybe 15 minutes at, like 20 minutes at most. So I couldn't go there for either of them. No, you would know more than us, I suppose, or me in general anyway. I, I think – um Personally, He's the better you know, hooker. Think, he just, yeah. I would take Lussick. Lussick's my hooker out of the two. I've said it. I'm on super record coach. saying it a couple of times. I like my super coach points. I think Brad Arthur must play super coach as well. So, <laughs> cheers, mate. Thank you very much. i messaging Jacob asking for those notes in the back room. Be like, what's what's your old man talking? I want some insight. So, um, yeah. <laughs> The the hooking stocks are a bit funny at the moment. So, um, but yeah, Harry Grant number one, Jeremy Marshall King, yeah, valid number two. I think he's probably the next best hooker down from him. Um, I haven't really seen too much about him, you know, with his minute side of things either. So we'll just have to see if there's anyone else that they're kind of contending with because there's a good chance that he might just get a full run. Um, makes him even more appealing. So, yeah, he's he's definitely been on the radar as well for that. And he's um yeah 140 100 sorry 110k discount. 
on Harry yeah. Grant. So it's it's pretty pretty a substantial drop, um, really. It Getting is. 110 off the big dog. So for a very probably similar output, to be fair. And the Dolphins' run is nice. Um, I think it's just more so be vigilant about that buy round because it does catch up yeah, pretty yeah. quick. Um, and you just need to make sure that you've got that backup guy that's actually starting. Um, don't want to be trading backup hookers if you can avoid it anyway. So if it's one of those hands Lussick boys, um, who's your backup? Which I think at the moment, it doesn't seem to be anyone else in that argument now that Braley seems to be out of it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's pretty dire. Maybe, you know, if you're really scraping bottom of the barrel for coin, Danny Levi, I wouldn't do it, but he's dirt cheap. Yeah. Looks like he might start just for, for, for a minute. Who knows? I don't think he even does anything <laughs> with 80 minutes. So it's just, it's yuck everywhere you look. Um, so yeah, definitely the Eels boys are the ones to look at for the cheaper options, I would say. Uh, Reese Robson, 80-minute hooker, really good run. Really good price. Um, still feel like there's upside at 560k too. Um, you know you can just set him for getting for a long time. You know, he's borderline keeper as well if he does get back to the form from two years back. Because uh, last year was quite quiet for his standard. The year before that, he did pretty well. Uh, just depends if the Cowboys can come out of the gates because they've got the fixtures for it. And we've spoken about it a thousand times. I do like Reese Robson um, for his price and for what he can do. So Damian Cook, um, it's kind of rude not to have Damian Cook in a top five of hookers, I would say, while he's still playing the game. Yeah. So that's that's fair enough. I wouldn't put him any higher or lower. Um, Happy Coruscant. There's a lot of talk at the moment about Appy Coruscant kicking goals. I don't think that sticks, personally. It's like watching a guy kick a ball for the first time when I see him do it. Um, I think with the amount of times that Caesar has, I think he's probably going to get that off him. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I've drafted Appy Coruscant. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, that, that, that was good. It's like a newborn foal trying to walk for the first yeah, time and exactly. just walking up to the tee and it's hitting like a, it. So. Baby giraffe's just fallen out of its mum's ass for the first time. And it's got these wobbly legs and it's trying to stand up, thinking, oh shit, I gotta I gotta I gotta sort my game out, man. There's a lion coming. So or a tiger in this fucking you know, in this little review here. So um yeah, man, I'm I'm more than first in Appy Coruscant. I've drafted him five years running, so he's my go he's my go to. You know, he was fine at fine at the Panthers, he was fine at Manly. Tigers just didn't sort of hit the heights that I was hoping for, and it kind of burnt me with a, you know, basically first or second round draft pick. So um, he has kicked, not a great percentage. It's still okay. You know, it's really nice to have a kicking hooker too. That's no one of them. So I just don't feel like it's sustainable for him. I feel like someone comes in, probably Caesar, and takes those kicks off him at some point, maybe early on. And you have a round one buy, so you're getting him to play him in round two there's a good chance you're going to get 30 points out of Coruscant on any other week. Um, you might get 60, but you're probably not going to get that most of the time. It's it's usually pretty shit. And the big games are pretty big. So, yeah, it's not a it's not a consistent, like a Reese Robson 40, 50, 50, 50, mm. or a Grant, you know, 80, 80, 80 if you're off the top end. It's just, it's fucking here, or it's here, or it's here, or it's lower than that. You're thinking, I, I can't do this anymore. This is too much. So the other thing is, is if you're picking him purely off the fact that he's goal kicking, and we've said it before with the Tigers when we we're talking about Caesar, the goal kicker, 
realistically, you just got to remember how many tries do you anticipate the Tigers scoring this year? Like, there's still a massive work in progress. Like, no doubt, I liked what I seen on the weekend. It was against a, a Warriors side with 12 players, don't forget, and they struggled to put them away. Um, Apicorosau was really good at dummy half. I do like what he brings to the Tigers. It just, as you said, like it doesn't equate to the super coach points that you probably anticipate it would normally equate to to some of those players. Like, don't bring the goal kicking argument into it. I just don't think it's too relevant when you're talking about Coruscant. Don't get overexcited about it. Yeah. Um, another point to make about that too, there's a good chance he's not an 80-minute hooker. I'm I'm a Coruscant fan, so I'm I'm speaking of you know a player that I've owned in pretty much every draft I've ever had. Um, he doesn't get 80, you know, you're going to take that bit of a hit and you're providing him actually kicking those goals in the chance that he does get to kick them. And if he doesn't get them, he loses two points. So if he's not making the base to really have forward to lose two points, every time he misses a try that they might score maybe three of, you know, like there's a chance that he gets those kicking duties and they make him go backwards, depending on where those tries are scored. If they're on the try line or if they're on the sideline, sorry, I'd be thinking, fucking please give it to someone else. Like I'd like to get a little, you know, a couple more points, but I really can't afford him to lose any. So he's a, he's a 30 or a 90 kind of guy, I would say most of the time. And it's for draft, you know, not the worst thing in the world because you've probably got him um, after a lot of the bigger guys have dropped off already. You know, Grant, Marshall King, uh, Robson Cook, Braley, um, even probably Brandon Smith. They've all probably gone, maybe. I see his appeal in draft more than more than classic. If I if I had to buy someone with actual cash money, I'm not getting Coruscant in even with the kicking. So that's um, just something to consider there. I feel like there's just too much. And the thing is, he's not, he's not cheaper than the other guys either. Um, he's 10K dearer than Robson. And, um, you know, like even just that alone, between that, just for the fact that Robson will definitely play 80, um, yes. you've got Talon De Silva and you've got Jake Simkin to, to be worried about with Coruscant. Obviously, they're not on his level, but not yet anyway. Simkin obviously had a fair few games last season that he poked up. So, yeah, just a little thing. I see his ownership spike up. It was actually 10 when we started this pod. It's 11 now. So it's oh. going up. It's going up. Live Supercoach stats. How good's that? Yeah, it's gone up already. So even just in the last well, two hours that we've been recording this, it's gone up. So I, I do see why people are jumping on. I'm personally not. But got to be that pod. And that's the thing, man. The fact is the round one buy is enough to make yeah. me go, no way. Yeah, you, it's only one round, so I kind of get it. But it's just it's one round that you don't know anything. You're so uncertain for a round. What if Caesar only is, had like that's a an extra week recovery thing. for Caesar? That's another week recovery yeah. for the goal kicking duties, and could come back and straight away he's the one goal kicking. And if that's your yeah, argument that's why you're picking Coruscant, all of a sudden you've lost that, yep. and you've gone holy shit! I've just stuffed myself because the player that I'll probably trade him then for did play round one. He's already got an extra 50, 60 points ahead in, in the game, and mm-hmm. I'm screwed <laughs> in yeah. other words. So. Uh, like that's that's kind of half of the point that I've seen with it too. I just see his ownership go up and up and everyone's raving on about Coruscant. Um, Yeah, it's it's 
unless it's a sustainable goal kicking duties and he works out a better way to kick it. I'll have to just see, man. But yeah, for mine, a bit risky for a classic point of view. That I think that's pretty much it when it comes to hookers. And, and it's a late night hooker for us tonight. Honorable mentions. I guess the only real one we can talk about because we've both had him in our teams and I think we both may do at the moment is Brandon Smith and what we've liked from Brandon Smith at the moment. Yep. Um, I did mention Blake Braley earlier. He's probably one of the only other 80-minute hookers it looks like at the moment because Cam McKinnis will be playing that lock role. But, again, I just feel like at the moment the coach has sort of coached his footy out of him. So you're getting him mm. for maybe your stock standard 50 points or something, but he's not ultra cheap to – yeah. make that as real upside play either. So it's sort of like, for mine, he's a sort of a, a bit of an avoid for mine at the moment. I'd rather spend a bit less and go with what I've gone for at the moment, which is Brendan Smith, unless I can make some cash work and probably go right up to the top with Harry Grant. I'll probably stay with Brendan Smith for now. I actually really liked what I've seen from him in the All-Stars game. Yeah. thought it was quite, quite he's nice. He does too. look quite fit. He does look yeah. fit. And I'm, again, I'm anticipating a Roosters season to be quite good. I know they're talking about a smaller field in Vegas. I think that actually helps your hookers, etc., because it just brings everyone closer, a bit more base work as well. I, I do like Brandon Smith. We have said it in the past, so I don't want to say too much about him, but, yeah, that's probably my honourable mentions. Yeah, I can't really think of too many others. Um, Blake Braley is a very safe pick. There's nothing too flash hot about that. And, man, the more I've been building these teams up trying to make this budget work, the more I find such good value at 470 for him. Just hoping he's as good as I think he's going to be. So, providing that's the case, then, yeah, Brandon Smith looks great at 470. But at the end of the token, it could go completely south. And I look at 470 and think what a waste of coin that was. So, um, he just he, – he looks – he's looking fit, man. Um, he looked pretty good in that first game. So, we'll just have to see what happens in the next one. So, yeah, the other five boys are all pretty solid. I agree. And I think on that one, we can basically wrap up our League of Inches podcast, Super Coach Top 5 per position special. Uh, we've ended really the series. Now we're basically going into team picking next week, ins and outs with the first round with Vegas. And then obviously the week after is a huge round one uh, preview where we talk about all the players that have made the sides, etc. So we're basically just getting our week in, week out, um, nuts and bolts of it, and we get really into the thick of the fun side of Supercoach. We've got our draft coming up. I did say that on Sunday night. I'm going to try and do something around that, and if you guys are interested once again, you were interested in the draft side of things, might record just uh, maybe some reactions and stuff and how our team, especially mine and Jesse's team, has potentially come out and why we went for some of the players we did go for, et cetera, and give you a bit of a behind-the-scenes look. Um, maybe talk to the other guys. I might even just record the whole thing that we go for an hour or two and see everyone how they carry on with, with everything. It might be a bit fun, but I might not be able to release it. There might be too many F-bombs, but see how we go. But anyway, um, that is us for now. As I said, a massive week coming up for Super Coaches to watch the trials. The drafts are all heating up. So many drafts are up in the next week. Jesse. Get some sleep while you can because I feel like there's a big few days coming up. Yeah. Well, it's already midnight, so um, I'll be cracking into some uh, fantasy uh, fantasy pro, I think, after this and trying to redo my oh, team my again, goodness. thinking about, yeah, late nights always. 
you're an animal go to bed and on that <laughs> note guys please make sure you like subscribe look at the stuff we put ourselves through midnight um bedtime to put some pure quality out for you guys content wise hope you enjoy the episode and we will see you for the next one hey there joel from the league of inches podcast just wanted to quickly say a massive thank you for taking the time out of your day to give us a listen i really do hope you enjoyed the podcast if you did do so uh, and you want to support the page that little bit further, make sure you give us a follow and a like. It does go a long way supporting the page and helping us reach um, other people to listen to the podcast, as well as giving us a like and a follow on all our social media platforms. We're available on all of them. Just type in League of Inches. It does go a long way. Finally, if you can just give us a rating for the podcast, uh, it will go a massive way of giving us a bit more support as well so again thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed the podcast we're going to be averaging about three to four podcasts a week minimum so make sure you get around the page massive things coming up this year in 2024 have a great day